Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Life Radio, episode 106. I am Matt San, and I am here with my lovely sister-in-law, Riley, and her kind of cool husband, and also my little brother, Micah. How's it going, guys? <laughs> I can't. We all just trying to decide who was going to talk. No. Was that the plan? I looked at her. I was waiting for her, but she's bad at making decisions. So uh, I think she was trying to decide what she was going to say. I was trying to tell him with my eyes, go first. <laughs> you can mouth that. This is radio. You're right. Yeah. Oh, you mean I dressed up for nothing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we got a lot to go over today. We're going to do three different things. Number one, we're going to review the AEW Dynamite show from Wednesday. Number two, we're going to make predictions for Double or Nothing. And number three, we're going to predict who is the mystery person in the Casino Battle Royal. Ooh. It's going to be a fun show. It is. I'm excited. Let's do this. I'm ready to win the predictions again, as I have every time I've predicted. And, have you really? Uh, I don't uh, think that's true. I think the very first prove time me wrong. I won. Prove me wrong. Well, I mean, all I got to do is listen to old shows. Yeah, do it. Go ahead. Prove me wrong. <laughs> I've got the microphone. Before, I'm undefeated. <laughs> Before we get into anything, we're going to do... Uh, this Day in Wrestling History. Today is May 22nd, 2020. Let's talk a little bit about WCW. That promotion that I grew up on, the promotion that made me fall in love with wrestling for the very short amount of time that it was actually good. Because 20 years ago today on Nitro, Vince Russo strips Ric Flair of the WCW title. Jeff Jarrett defeats Kevin Nash to win that title. This is the fourth title change that month. Oh my gosh. days into the month. The fourth World title change. May as well have been the 24-7 title. The very next year, let's talk Let's talk about the difference in quality here. The very next year, so 19 years ago today, TLC 3 happens, which is the forgotten TLC. A lot of people say it's their favorite, but because it was won by Chris Jericho and, of course, Chris Benoit, mm. that match will never be shown again. But it was on just a random SmackDown taping. And it was Jericho and Benoit, and they beat the Hardys, the Dudleys, and Edge and Christian in a TLC match. Uh, Benoit actually suffered a neck injury in that match, and we, I mean, I don't want to say we don't care. Who knows, maybe it had some sort of effect on his head, but, you know, he didn't turn out to be a great guy, so. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not going to get into that. No, I don't think we should. Just uh, <laughs> go watch the Dark Side of the Ring, the, the Chris Jericho, Chavo. A yeah, lot of people you... that know him way better than we do have their opinions on him and of course they're a little biased because he was their friend but uh really good episode if you need a good cry go watch dark side of the ring (laughs) but it is good it's It's very good so let's uh let's talk about a little bit of a dynamite that's right so i want to know your opinion on something okay so john moxley and i really want to know riley's opinion first actually uh because i know my beautiful wife's opinion and I want to see what her opinion is as well. So, 10, Preston Vance, right? Uh, he's 10 in the Dark Order, and he has the little 10 logos on his chest, like written in marker. What do you guys think about that? Um, 
I mean, I think it's okay. I don't think it's a, a big deal or anything. What do you I think, Micah? Um, I don't know. I think the gimp mask is more telling than the the X's on his boobs. Uh, <laughs> he could put him on his tights, yes. but I feel like that would uh, infringe on Drew McIntyre's gimmick. You know, that's his tights. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really like. It doesn't. I don't know. It's not as distracting as a neck tattoo. So it's true. If you if you notice though, he also has on his knee pads. I I yeah. liked his gear this week. The white pants yeah, with the purple it knee was, pads. It was sick. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't hate it. I just I don't know, man. You're just writing numbers on your chest with I assume like you know makeup or marker or something. I don't really care for it. But Carol really likes it. Yeah, there's it. been a I couple. That, there's been a couple times where he's gotten chopped and it actually what like rubs off. Yeah. yeah. So I mean I'm not saying he should get it tattooed on him, but oh please don't. I, don't do I like it better on his gear. Yeah, yeah. I th- um, I think as as if if he grows as a character, uh, I think he'll develop away from that and, and probably just keep it on his gear. I think right yeah. now it's the kind of a way for people to differentiate him. Really, uh, the yeah, white gear is really sense. cool. Uh, yeah. I will say, speaking of ten, can you can you imagine the natural progression towards a rivalry with Sean Spears? I actually was literally about to say they missed the boat by not making Sean Spears 10. Oh, that's true. That's true. I, yeah, I would want to see him with a dark order, though. He's too good. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I would love to see see a, a match between Sean Spears and Press 10 Vance whenever it starts. Uh, crowd yeah. start back up and hear the crowd chanting 10, 10, 10, 10, and then be like, <laughs> who, who is it? Is it me or him? Who, do you, who, do you, who, are, you, who are you rooting for here? And they, they have to play it off. Yeah, it'd be really good. Really good. So I just interviewed a guy named Jordan Cruz, who will be uh, debuting on Indie Focus a week from this Saturday. This Saturday will be uh, Impact and Shimmer star Alexia Nicole. And he actually wrestled Preston Vance. And we talk about it uh, because that's one of the matches that I watched in preparation for the episode. And it was really solid. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I just, it's interesting to see Preston Vance in a different light. Remember, we saw him in Jacksonville for the New Year's show, and they edited that out. I think we've mentioned that a few times in the show. Yeah, he was really solid uh, wrestler. Uh, whenever I saw him, I, like the first, honestly, the first, it's maybe weird. The first person that popped in my head was Chris Masters. Um, he's got the okay. same like chiseled body kind of thing going on, and I guess yeah. he had the same sort of tights at that time too. But he did. Uh, yeah, I mean, not in his wrestling style, but mainly his look. Uh, but yeah, it was. I thought it was a pretty good match that he put on. I still don't know why they cut that. But uh, anyways, maybe because they were building to this Dark Order thing. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, his his bro kick that he kicked Moxley out of uh, is one of his finishers. And that, that like, I don't really know what, like the swing RKO type thing, like the swing diamond cutter. Yeah. Uh, that That's also another one of his, another one of his signature moves. Really cool. I like him a lot. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed this first match with him. Uh, yeah. I will say, while we're getting into it, I couldn't enjoy the first, mm, I don't know, 15 minutes of the uh, the show because they were having so many uh, streaming and audio issues. Uh, now, that was I, a Fight TV thing because I watched yeah. on TNT this week and there, I didn't have any issues at all until the end of the show. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a TNT thing. It was a, it was a Fight TV thing. But uh, it's been pretty prevalent here lately um, since they went to the empty arena shows. Fight TV's quality has went down. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. I don't know about you, but our video quality has went down. It's been a little shaky and just kind of funky. Has, has yeah. So uh, they need to need to address that. They uh, it's it it can almost ruin your experience, and then you can wait to the next day because the 
the posted version when it's not live is all the issues are fixed. Um, cause I actually went back and checked that today, but, uh, yeah, they, they really need to get on the ball with that because it can, it completely ruins the show. If you can't, I mean, I missed like 15 to 20 seconds of Brody Lee's opening promo where he's telling him to take a knee or whatever. Um, so I really couldn't get immersed in the, uh, the story with that, with that going on. I gotcha. Well, let's talk about the opening of the show. So before this match happens, before Brody Lee's promo, you have Chris Jericho in the inner circle. And they're pulling up in a limo. And I'm like, this is a very WWE opening. But I didn't care, because it turned out to be great. The five of them get out of the limo. Alex Marvez is there. He asks him a question. And they literally blow him off. And they start walking away. And <laughs> Ortiz, like Alex Marvez, has like this gold pin on his shirt. And Ortiz takes it and says, hmm, this might be worth something, and walks away. And it was just so funny. It was so funny. And then uh, Santana called Alex Marvez a nincompoop, and Chris Jericho goes, yeah, you poop, and walks away. (laughs) And it was just... It was so good. Like, they're just, they're having the time of their lives doing this. I'm not sure that Chris Jericho, and and I've followed Chris Jericho a long time. I'm not sure he's ever had more fun wrestling. He is having an absolute blast. Obviously, the other guys are, you you can just tell that they're having a lot of fun. And that makes us enjoy it more. So I I love, I mean, there was nothing to the segment. It was 30 seconds long, but it was great. Yeah, I love stuff like this mainly because, you know, it can get overbearing if you've got like the NWO style group where they're just running on everybody and they're just the toughest right. guys around. And yeah, the inner circle, they're tough guys. They're 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 killing individuals like Matt Hardy's uh, best friend, Vanguard One, RIP. Yeah. Uh, but they're just a bunch of goobers having fun. Yep. So it, it, it's enjoyable to see to see that. And yeah, on your point of Chris Jericho having the most fun, of course he is. He's got total creative freedom. Right. Uh, he's just out there having a good time. He's not scripted. He's just being Chris Jericho, and obviously it's working very well for him. Yeah. So before Moxley versus 10 starts, Brody Lee comes out, and uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds are there with him. And I believe John Silver, I can't really remember which is which, I'm just going to be completely honest with you, uh, is holding the title. 10 is there, and then two other Gimp guys. And he yells at 10 to take a knee. So 10 takes a knee and he yells at him and says, take a proper knee. I won't tell you again. So he like kind of stands up straight a little. He doesn't really change all that much. Brody Lee cuts a promo and a, a pretty good one. Not like incredible, but really good. Um, he tells John Moxley that he basically says that, you know, he's going to have to earn his title back. He says that uh, 10 is now a high knight of the Dark Order which I don't think we know what that means. I'm not sure. I don't think it means anything. Yeah, I don't think it does. Um, And then as Moxley's music hits, he comes in like a murderer, and Brody Lee and the rest of the doofuses turn around and slowly walk away. So Moxley has finally made his way through Daly's place, which is an awesome arena, by the way. Um, And the other guys are gone. So Moxley gets to focus on 10. 10 had some really cool offense in this. Um, his tights were really cool. He had like the, the white tights with the black pants and his knee pads were purple. It's really cool looking. Um, and, and he got some cool power moves against the AEW world champion. So they obviously believe, at least to an extent, in this guy. Uh, after the match is over, Moxley wins. He grabs a chair, tosses it in the ring. It lands on 
Preston Vance. Yeah, I don't Who think that was intentional. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He rolls over. He grabs another one, and he thought, I just whacked the guy. Maybe I shouldn't toss it in again. So he tosses this one through the middle rope. Maybe through the bottom rope. I can't remember, but he doesn't toss it over the top. He gets in, puts his arm in the chair, and stands on top of it. And he says, all right, Mr. Brody, I'm going to give you the count of 10, which is, uh, he didn't have any wordplay here. He, he really missed the ball here, Mox. Yeah. And he said, I'm going to give you the count of 10 to come out here and bring me my title, or I'm going to break this man's arm. And he said it just, just, just like that. There was yeah. no, like, wrestling, infl- you know, what was influctuation, is that the word? Of inflection. you know, just like if you, yeah, inflection. If you don't come out right here, I'm going to break this man's arm. No, he was just like matter of fact. If you don't get out here by the count of ten, I'm going to break his arm. And it yeah. was so perfect and so John Moxley. Yeah, if it were wrestling terms, it'd be like we're about to have some. What is what is his catchphrase? Unscripted violence or whatever. Like, we're right. going to have some unscripted violence in this ring, and we're going to burn it down. <laughs> You know, it would be some BS like that. But no, John Moxley was on point tonight. This is this this episode, this entire episode, everything he did was perfect. And it it really yeah. it made me appreciate him as champion. It was it was just so good. He's really came into his own as the AEW champion, I think. Yeah. So my beautiful wife says, I'm so glad that he's enjoying himself and he's happy. Because she she did not like Dean Ambrose. She thought Dean Ambrose was a goober and was a dork. And Toward the end of his WWE run, I don't really think she was that wrong. I mean, he was coming out there with goofy-looking hair. He was doing a bunch of stupid stuff in plain black pants, and he just looked like a creator wrestler, where you're like, I just want to get into the storyline. You know, I'm just going to make this generic-looking guy. Now, he's one of the hottest things in all of professional wrestling, as we've said many times. You know, he has an awesome look, and he's carrying himself with an air of almost invincibility. I mean, this guy, it's almost like he can't be put down. He's got one loss on his record, and that's because he basically turned on Pac because Pac was, you know, running his mouth. So he's really turned into something special, and I'm proud for him. Yeah, yeah, he's been doing really good. I have a question for you guys. Okay. What did you guys think about 10 kicking out of the paradigm shift? Uh, I think that a finisher should not be kicked out I don't think a finisher should be kicked out of really hardly ever. I mean, very rarely. It happens way too much in wrestling now, especially in AEW. They're really guilty of it. NXT is the same. But the reality is, 10 is, unless they're really building him up to be a monster, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it kind of is. I, I agree. AEW is pretty bad about that. And that's one big gripe with uh, people like Jim Cornette with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and, and, and their matches. Uh, and a lot of the indie matches, really, uh, it, it, it I, wrestling's not real, all right? It's not real. Sorry to break it to you. But it should have a, a feeling of realism, at least, you know, a suspension of disbelief. And when someone kicks out, especially, like, I know he's supposed to be a, a, a knight or whatever in the Dark Order. And I also thought it was weird with Brody Lee's comment. He was like, uh, I always knew you'd come, you you would do this or blah, blah, blah. I was like, you always knew you've known the guy for like two weeks. But right. either way, uh yeah, but he's been pulling he's, the strings for months. He's still a goober, in my opinion. He's still wearing that goober mask. Uh, so if anyone, I think they should have saved it for Brody Lee. If if yeah. Brody Lee kicked out of the paradigm shift, I'm okay with it. He's like seven feet tall. He I'm will following. kick out of it. Just yeah. spoiler alert: it's going to happen. Um, I would have, I would have preferred if it were like uh, I think he leads up to the paradigm shift sometimes with the dirty deeds, which is his old uh, DDT finisher. Yeah. Um, 
I would have preferred that maybe because like I'm okay with people kicking out of signature moves. Like if we're talking in SmackDown versus Raw terms, I'm I'm okay with you kicking out of the Y button, but don't kick out of the finisher. All right. Right. That's that's my opinion. Yeah, I understand that's my that too. I whenever he kicked out of that, I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense. Because yeah, no, whatever. it happens that's way I was too just much. Wondering what you guys thought about that? Thanks. Yeah, no, it's dumb. It can happen at you know All Out or WrestleMania, and it's fine. It can happen at a big takeover for a major match or a world title match, but it has to be it has to be a huge match for it to happen. Do Otherwise, remember, it's just throw away and finishes don't mean anything anymore. Do you remember All In the the main event when Matt Jackson kicked out of like five finishers? No, I don't. Yeah, I didn't like that match. Uh, it was Rey Mysterio and some other people versus the Young Bucks, and I didn't like it because Matt Jackson literally kicked out of like five finishers in a row. Uh, that was a big uh, hot topic on Squared Circle here recently. Someone brought it up. It was literally like he got 6-1-9 and then super kicked and the Canadian destroyered and then something else, and he kicked out at two. It was, it was ridiculous. It can yeah. be a bit excessive at some points. Mm. Yeah, it does. Let's get back to the show. So, long story short, uh, he caught up Brody Lee. He got to like three, and then Brody Lee basically came on the video and said, uh, "You know, look, you're not the one that calls the shots. If you want this title back, you're going to have to beat me at double or nothing. Um, uh, sometimes we just have to make sacrifices." And turns around and walks away. And Moxie's like, "Ah oh, well," and slams his chair <laughs> over the other chair that Ten's arm is in, uh, and Ten sells it. Pretty darn well. Uh, we assume that his arm is supposedly kayfabe broken. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they don't do a WWE where Elias just fell off from 20 feet and came back the next week. Or Sammy or Sammy Zayn got smashed in a uh, trash compactor and then they just decided to bring him back and say, ha ha, you smell. Hopefully he's gone for a couple weeks. Because if not, I think it's fair for us to give him a hard time about it. Yeah, I, I don't. I think he's going to be back sooner than he should be. My that's my prediction. You don't. They don't have to be out. If he's not out for months, that's fine. I'm okay with it because they don't have to sell it like it's a real broken arm. They got to stay away for a month or either come out in a sling for a month, one or the yeah. other. They sold Dustin's broken arm pretty well. He was gone out of action for three to four weeks, which is, I would say, okay, three to four weeks. Yeah, takes longer than that to heal a broken arm, but you know, whatever. This is wrestling. I'm fine with it. Okay. Yeah, but he's got the Dark Order uh, cult potions. That's true. <laughs> They're not a cult. Don't call them a cult. Yeah, that's that's a that's a no no. Uh, MGF wrestled Marco Stunt next. Would you like to tell us about this match, Micah? Uh, it was good. I like the match. Uh, poor Marco Stunt. He's been dying every week here lately, which is a really good place for him. To be honest with you, uh, I mean, what better way to sell than by being like four eleven? Uh, it was. He'd actually got quite a bit of offense in, more than I expected, and it, it was pretty cool to see him embarrass MJF a little bit and see MJF kind of go off the rails right? Um, for a bit of a tantrum. Uh, he got like a couple like Poison Ranas and uh, Hurricane Ranas and DDTs and some very Lucha Libre-style moves on him, and uh, they actually didn't look too ridiculous, uh, which is, as you would think, I want to say MJF's probably what, like 5'9"? He's not a huge guy. His build is six foot, so if he's not, he's not six, six foot, he's foot. real close. Mm, I don't think so. I don't think I he is think either. He's as much six foot as Chris Jericho is. Um, yeah, he's Marco Stunt's five two, by the way. Okay, well, that's, he's a little taller than I thought. Um, yeah, he actually got some really good offense in. 
Uh, MJF did really good playing off of the air quote crowd uh, during this match. And uh, yeah, he actually was was taunting Jungle Boy as he was uh, fighting Marco. He actually at one point made Marco stick his own finger in his nose and then stuck his finger in his mouth, which was disgusting, but was very bully-esque, which was perfect for MJF. Yeah. Um, there were there was a spot or two where Wardlow got involved, and I was like, come on, you need Wardlow to get involved to get to beat Marco Stunt. Like that doesn't that doesn't look great. But uh yeah, I, I would say overall it was a pretty good match. Um uh MJF ended up submitting him. Ended up submitting MJF with uh, I don't know the what is it, uh is it the salt of the earth? Is that the name of his finisher? Yeah, the, it's just a it's a Fujiwara armbar, but it's called yeah. a salt of the earth. Um, it, he tapped him in no time, which it's, they've really been building that submission move. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him beat Jungle Boy with that submission move as well. Yeah, he will. But, uh, it's, yeah. I really hope not. Yeah, he's, he's, it's going to happen. No. MJF is yeah. not losing for a long time. That doesn't make any sense to me, though. Why not? After him and Chris Jericho. Oh, Jungle Boy and Chris Jungle Jericho? Boy, building him up to be this super, like, resilient, I mean, he. I'm sure Wardlow will get involved. Move. It'll be, it'll be a dirty win. Maybe I can see it being. I don't know. I don't see him winning clean with that submission. I think he should win yeah. clean, but I think it'll be a dirty win. We'll we'll get into the predictions here soon, but yeah, I mean, as far as him beating Marco Stun, I think it was fine. You know, it 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 made Marco look a little stronger than maybe he should, but MJF was clearly in 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 the in the and the announcer sold this. He was clearly in the I want to embarrass this guy. I'm not in a hurry to beat him. Yeah, kind he was mode. egotistical, and it went to his demise, which I think is perfect for a character, a character like him. Yeah, went good. So after the match, MGF gets on the mic. He's like, "Man, it was, it was shocking that you lasted so much longer than most people thought you would." You see, I, I wanted to give you something, Marco. I was going to let you kiss one of my rats, which for some reason means one of his girls. I do not know if that yeah, is, is that a, some sort of slang that I don't get. Like, we not have that in Alabama. Is it like a Jersey Shore thing? Maybe. Never heard of that. So he said, but, you know, I, I forgot that no one wanted to touch your lips. Ha, ha, ha. I'm like, okay, MJ. Yeah, I didn't like that line. It was a bad line. No, it was a, it was a dumb line, but, I mean, I don't know. Was, for someone like him, it almost makes sense. And then he said, so you still have to kiss something. You have to kiss my ring. And he punches him on top of the head. Uh, I think he was supposed to punch him in the mouth. It did not work out that way, but he's very short. So uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus come out. Uh, this was a little weird because Jungle Boy came out and – just bolted toward MJF. And as M- MJF gets right out of the ring, right? And Wardlow, like, very, very slowly gets out of the ring. And Jungle Boy clearly had time to attack him. Yeah. He just kind of chose not to. And then Luchasaurus got in the ring. Because that's, you know, that's not how it was scripted. Luchasaurus got in the ring. And then Wardlow finally gets out. Um, there was a spot where Wardlow tripped over the steps, which was a little funny. Yeah, because yeah, uh, Marco uh, threw MJF into the steps at one point And... Golly, that was it was hard hit. Yeah, and it, it moved the steps, and that's that's why Wardlow tripped there a little yeah. bit. It was funny though to watch him almost bite the dust on TV. It's great. Right, and so they they protected uh, they protected Marco. Then MGF is leaving. At one point during the match, by the way, MGF gets up on the corner and starts yelling at Tony Schiavone to say good things about him. And Tony's yeah. like, "I'm not going to do that, you little brat. You're like one of my children." And it was it's funny. Tony Schiavone is a treasure. Uh, MGF is very talented, so it's really good. Yeah, Tony's shooting hard on his kids, though. Right, right, yeah, yeah, it was. He must have. They must have gave him a hard time that day. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> so they do a highlight 
of Cody and Lance Archer's back and forth. And I, um, I have got through the entire episode of the AEW Dynamite review. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you, it was a little weird. And I agree with you. He like, you know, Cody's in his truck. And I'm like, what is he going to do? Is he going to run to the ring? Like, cause I, I, I live in Jacksonville. I know Daly's place. And I'm like, there's no way that he can fit it. You know, the, there's nothing he can do. He can't drive around the ring. He's going to slam into it. No, he, he goes forward for like three feet and then gets out. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> so they showed gross. that again. They doubled down on it. Yeah, it's bad. It was bad. I mm. think that whole segment actually dropped a letter grade from the episode when I reviewed it. Yeah, it, really did. it wasn't great. It was bad. But uh, so now we've got Jake Roberts versus Arn Anderson, who I didn't realize had never been in a match with each other until they said it. I didn't either because I'm not old. So. I don't want yeah. to <laughs> <laughs> They were both absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. So long story short, they had a sit down promo who we are to believe had, it was totally unscripted. They had bullet points and I really like this. Now I'm a wrestling nerd, so I really enjoyed it. Riley, you've been a wrestling fan for a year or two. What did you think of this? It was Okay. First of all, I've never heard Arn Anderson talk before. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as he opened his mouth, I'm like, man, I forgot his voice was so high. Yeah, I was like, this is weird. He has a super country accent. And Uh like, I didn't just, I didn't expect that at all. And then the more that I listened to him talk, like he kept like his face started looking different to me (laughs) 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 because like before he looked different then he started talking and then I was like okay now he looks different but anyways um to me it seemed like they were kind of stumbling through talking to each other like I I don't know it seemed like they were forgetting things or maybe I can't really put my finger on it it just it didn't it just seemed weird. Like it didn't flow right to me. Like that segment, in my opinion. Yeah. It was good. I I liked it. Um, and I really liked it when Arn Anderson told Jake the Snake to like don't inter- don't interrupt me because like right he did interrupt him. That was pretty cool. Um, and then he raised his voice. I like that. And I really enjoyed it whenever the wrestlers on the side started cheering like a lot. Like. Whenever Arn started raising his voice, they got louder on the sidelines too. Yeah, the wrestlers in the crowd. A lot of energy there, so I liked it. It wasn't my favorite thing in the world, but I did like it. Yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was some really good promo work, mainly by Jake. Um, he had some really good analogies and everything in there. Uh, the only time it got a little clunky to me was towards the end when they like yeah. they're going to fight, and like, come on, man. Don't insult my intelligence. These guys would die, or at least Jake would die in the ring. I know he's been yeah. doing DDP yoga. All right, whatever. Come on, man. You're not fooling anybody. These guys are not going to go on any kind of level. And, and they that, like my friend is why the three referees came. Out. Yeah, they like <laughs> right. step forward each towards each other, like like still six feet apart, and then like three tiny <laughs> tiny referees run out. And I'm like, okay. If they first of all, if they could go, you wouldn't stop Jake the Snake. He's like six foot four. These guys right. are like five eight. They're little small referees coming out, and it's just I don't know that that part was kind of clunky. The actual promo work I thought was very good, but I think they should have kept it to a promo work and and not tried to turn it into a, a a bit of a brawl. Yeah. So basically, what this was 
was Arn Anderson and Jake Roberts putting over Cody and Lance. They were arguing over who was which guy was better. Um, and I mean, ba- Jake buried Cody here, but it's fine. It's okay. Cody's already an established star, so it's not like you know they're burying someone new. Uh, it was fine until the ending. The ending, I thought, well, they're not. That was silly, but whatever. It's it's, it's just fine. It's fine. So Darby Allen has this weird video where he's playing poker, and who I assume are his friends have masks of Colt Cabana and Scorpio Sky, Frankie Kazarian, and all the other people that are in the Casino Battle Royal with him, or at least seven of the eight, because we do have a mystery entrant. And uh, he basically beats him at poker, gets all the chips, and he like climbs a ladder and sets the ladder on fire. Normally, I would say this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life, but it just works for Darby, doesn't it? Am I wrong? I liked it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, his little weird vignettes are actually pretty good for his character, especially. Yeah. The fact there's never any words, and it's just like an old-timey like black-and-white reel, I think it's yeah. pretty cool, personally. Yeah, I, I totally I totally dug it. So let's talk about the best part of the show. And I'm, I'm sorry to the rest of this show, as most of it was really good. But Pac had a promo on what I assume is in like his house or somewhere else in England. And he's hyping up Phoenix before the Phoenix and Orange Cassidy match. And it was so, so cool. He was in his suit with his scarf, and he still looked like a murderer. And then it would like it would like flash, and it would be him in his wrestling gear with this like coronavirus type mask on. And it was just so good. It was just so good. And when I saw it, I was just loving it. And then what you were watching it a little bit after me and you messaged me and you're like, man, this Pac, this Pac promo is fire. Like, it's just so good. I just loved it. And I can't even go back and tell you exactly everything he said. I can't, this isn't, you know, a silver spoon Cody promo, but it was just cool. And all of Pac's promos are just cool. Yeah. It was the atmosphere of the promo that was so good. He's like right. sitting on like a candlelit living, like old style London living room. It looked like with like some brickwork kind of thing with like some big gothic looking windows in the background. Yeah. And like, he's sitting there in like a sweater with like his man bun and everything. And he's putting over Phoenix and it like flashes and he's standing there in his wrestling gear with his hair all crazy. Like, uh, what is it? The grudge all over his face. Right. And it was just, it was really, really good. I, I really enjoyed it. And I miss pack. I really do. I want him, want him back on my TV in a wrestling capacity. But until then, I guess this will have to do. I want more man bun pack because the other pack is gross. I want more man bun pack, please. Yeah, she doesn't like spaghetti hair pack. No, no, she does. She like the first. I think it, it used was, to nauseate me. Now like, I can kind of bear it. The first time we watched, I think it was all out, and I think pack was on there. Uh, yeah, it was pack versus Kenny. I think. Yeah. Uh, and she like almost couldn't watch the match because his hair. She said his hair was so disgusting. Kenny saved it for me. To be honest, yeah, she was but, just watching Kenny the entire match. I'm sure <laughs> it was a good match, but man, his hair is distracting. Mm. So we move on to Orange Cassidy versus Phoenix, and Riley is our. And I love Orange Cassidy. And I know we all do, but as our, I feel like our biggest Orange Cassidy fan. I'm going to ask you about this in a little bit. So I'm, I'm just giving you time to prepare because I know you like to be able to prepare. 
Thank you. So, so Orange Cassidy comes out to the Best Friends music, which is perfect because he's too lazy to get his own. He's got a strolls out there and Chucky e. T and Trent, don't call him Beretta, are out there with him. He turns around and he's like, it's okay, guys, I got this. And they're all high energy. They're like, are you sure, man? Are you sure? And he's just like, bro. He's like, holds his hands up and they turn around and leave. He slowly walks to the ring. He stands at the entrance. And Phoenix comes flying with another high kick. And instead of rolling out of the way or jumping out of the way, he casually takes a step back. How freaking cool was this, Riley? He just he just kind of leaned back. It was great. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know your name was Riley. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was so awesome. Yeah. My microphone, cool. woman. <laughs> I loved it because the so Micah wasn't paying attention at the time, and I was like, I'm gonna go rewind this for you because that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Just I popped. So I went and rewound it for him, and then he finally saw it. Yeah, it was really cool. It was great. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So, uh, the great thing about this is instead of turning to Phoenix and attacking him, he just slowly walks to the ring, falls on the ground, rolls into the ring slowly, and goes to the middle of the ring. And Ray Phoenix is like outside, and he's like, I got his hands on his head. He's bending over with his hands on his knees, like, I can't believe that it didn't work. This floors him that Orange Cassie is just easily able to get out of the way and it was just it was really funny it was good yeah he was just completely like enamored he was like it worked so well last week <laughs> right it's like what is this so orange cassidy did a great job in this match now he's a very talented wrestler but a lot of times you don't really get to see that because his gimmick is that he is slow and lazy well freaking ray phoenix is one of the best wrestlers in the world so i'm sure that that helped out just a little bit so orange cassidy had these they had this really cool set of moves where he was like moving super fast and it was just very unarmed Cassidy of him. But I do want to point out that there was a spot where Phoenix was slapping him in the chest. Orange Cassidy throws Phoenix out and then he's standing in the middle of the ring. And over his nipples, both of them, are big old red handprints. My beautiful wife says, Oh my gosh, he's got <laughs> handprints on his chest. And I mean, it's not like it was red. You know, like Drew McIntyre chops someone and their chest turns red, right? Because he does it so good and so hard. You could see Phoenix's fingers. Yeah, do you it know those was, little like gel things you used to get out of the coin machine? And you like stick yes. them on your parents' car windows? It was like yep. two of those on his chest. It was just perfect red outlines of hands. And yep. like, Ray's slaps don't feel that hard. Or, right. Sound. sound that that hard like <laughs> Drew McIntyre's. But, man, that had to hurt. <laughs> Orange Cassidy's going hard in this match. Yeah. Now, I'm interested to know what you guys think of the rest of this. Because as Orange Cassidy has the upper hand on Phoenix, Kip Sabian comes out with a ladder, climbs on it, and sits there. He's looking at Orange Cassidy. He's watching Ray Phoenix. And then, eventually, Cassidy is distracted. Phoenix hits him with a low blow. He hits his rolling diamond cutter. Gets the three count. And then Kip Sabian's like, ha, 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 Well, this doesn't make any sense at all. And then after that, Scorpio Sky and Frankie Zarian come out because they're also in the casino ladder match. And they pretend to push over the ladder and Kip Sabian's freaking out and like, nah, nah, man, we're just kidding. They start to walk away and they come back and push over the ladder. And 
After that, they're all fighting. And then Chucky e. T, Trent Beretta come out. They're here helping Orange Cassidy. Well, Ray Phoenix jumps on a bunch of people outside, but here's here's the thing. He didn't. He just missed. So yeah. he jumps in the top rope, flips forward, and he doesn't go far enough, and he lands flat on his back. And he's hurt. Now, luckily, I heard that he was not injured, but he did kind of slide himself under the ring. So Orange Cassidy also did a uh, somersault off the top rope uh, with the help too. of Trent and Chucky e. T. Well, he, he did him? miss, but he kind of overshot. Uh, yeah, he like so, his ankle out. It was ridiculous. He hit his ankle directly on that barricade. Right. So, but but I almost think it was on purpose because he wanted to specifically make sure he avoided Phoenix. Yeah. And no hard. one, yeah. So I think he overshot a little bit so everyone can kind of catch him back well, there. Like, but you could to, tell Phoenix was hurt. Yeah, and, and to, to Phoenix's point, like, it wasn't like he just jumped out of the ring. He springboarded on top of the ropes, jumped in and the jumped air, turned higher around. Than I've never seen anyone. They had so much time to just step forward. Yeah, Kip saying. tried, but I don't know. They were expecting something else. I, it's, it's, I don't think it's anybody's specific fault. But, no, he jumped. He springboards, all right, gets on top of the top rope, bounces up in the air, turns around, and then does a moonsault onto yep. the group of individuals. But he just, he just undershot it, which is... He's ridiculous. He's like a superhuman. Yeah, it's it's awesome. amazing. It's like he can stop time while he's midair. Yeah. It is It is amazing. But wasn't this all after the match? Didn't the match end before this? Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah Phoenix hit the rolling cutter and got the pin. We said okay. that. Okay. I, and, I'm sorry and, I missed that. But, like, when Phoenix jumped up, like, he didn't just, like, jump up a few inches like a lot of the guys do. Like, he jumped up another solid foot in the air. Like, yeah. He literally springboarded off the thing like a cartoon. It was, and then he just like lands in his back, and you could see that it just oh man, it just looked awful. It really did. I was I was concerned. I, I told Riley, I was like, well, he's out of the ladder match. <laughs> like it looked like it definitely knocked the wind out of him. But man, I I think they're gonna have to work around this. He's definitely gonna be in pain for the ladder match. I mean, oh, yeah, definitely the way he is and the way that him and Pentagon have worked before, he may be able to go just like normal, but. I don't know how any human could because his tailbone yeah. is going to be in severe pain. Yeah, 100%. I liked the first part of this, but then it got really chaotic and then it made me cringe. And then I did right. not like it. It would have been fine without the botch. Um, but I, I think the whole point of this match and this segment was to build for that casino ladder match because that's one of the bigger things selling the pay-per-view, I think. Right. Um, they got that. They got the Stampede, which is really what they built for this entire episode, which is a go-home show for a big pay-per-view, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they were definitely trying to build for that ladder match, and this did definitely add some interest because you had everybody getting involved together, and it kind of showed you how people were going to fight together and fight against each other, that kind of stuff. Like, you had Colt Cabana going towards the group of people, and he's looking for a bad guy. He's like, oh, that's right. Orange Cassie. I'm not punching him. I'm like, oh, there's Jimmy Havoc. Let's hit him. You know? Right. That was that was pretty interesting. Also, uh, that ladder is beautiful. Yeah, AEW has nice ladders. Yeah, they do. That's the first thing I thought. I just and it was fine. It was way better than the stupid Money in the Bank go home on SmackDown, where they're like, "Let me climb the ladder, and we'll just all fight over the ladder, even though it doesn't matter at all." Like that was really stupid. This was a much better way to do it, but it was. I still just don't like these. Oh, we have a bunch of guys in a match, so let's just do a segment real quick with them all. And I understand that it's necessary. It's just not my favorite thing. Is that fair? They're also building to a pay-per-view with very little time. so That's just true. Yeah. Um, but I, the, the match itself was very good. It was yeah. Very good. I loved it. It was match. super solid. I loved it. Uh, Orange Cassidy had some really cool spots where his hands were in his pockets, but then he was like 
He was in the corner and he would like grab Phoenix's feet with his hands in his pockets. And he did like the swinging pendulum thing where he tries to uh, hit him into the turnbuckle. And also I think he maybe tried a, like a single leg Boston crab, maybe something like that. Some sort of finisher with his hands still in his or submission move with his, with his hands in his pocket. It was really yeah. cool. Uh, it, it was very good match. Very good match. Some might say the greatest wrestling match of all time. <laughs> Ever. Ever. <laughs> A oh straight up wrestling match. Yeah. Mm. So Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida wrestled Britt Baker and Nala Rose next. And this match was was this match was pretty good. For half of um, it. <laughs> yeah, there were a couple botches in a couple spots, and there was one part where Britt was in the corner and Sheeta and Statlander like basically do it wasn't a back body drop. It was almost like a hip toss and Nyla Rose rolled into Britt Baker. No, they threw her into Britt Baker. Right, right, right. It was more like like a a, suplex, really. Yeah, like a former a forward roll. And so and JR said on an on the announce team, he said, Nyla Rose is booked as one eighty, and I don't believe that. Let me tell you, there is no way. There's no way that she's 180 pounds. If she's 180, MJF is six foot. Yeah, exactly. I, I just <laughs> she she's easily 235, don't you think? I would think 220 at the least. Yeah, I mean she's a big big girl. So she jumped into Britt Baker, and Britt Baker we believe to be injured. She sold an injury. I um, watched it a couple times. Nyla really hit her knee pretty hard. Yeah. Um, it it her face she didn't look like she was selling she looked like she was in pain yeah she did right. um which we've been surprised by wrestlers recently by their acting ability but i i think she was really in pain i, I do and not only that right. but chris statlander's reaction cuz she's she's trying to get up with her and you can see them like it was like john cena trying to talk to people like whisper to each other in the match it was it was pretty obvious that she was trying to figure out what to do I'm surprised she actually put that move on on Britt, knowing she was injured. Um, and then Nyla comes over, and then Chris is talking to Nyla, and then Nyla ends up dragging Britt to the corner and tagging herself in, which was a pro move uh, by Nyla to get Britt out of the match. But from that point on, she was being attended to by the doctors uh, off screen. So I, I don't think it was a work, because if it is a work, how are they going to work that into a good match with Chris Statlander? Yeah, for, for no, I, I think it was legit, and I hope that she's still able to wrestle on Saturday. Oof, it looked rough. She did not walk away on her own two feet. She no, was carried she out. Phoenix did, by the way. Yeah. Um, but Britt did not. Uh, the finish was really weird. Nala Rose pinned Hikaru Shida. Just re- was, like regular. It was like it was a handicap match. Yeah. So how, why are we now to believe that Shida can beat Nala Rose on her own? That's exactly what I was thinking, and it made me upset. But, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I got kind of upset about because I thought maybe Sheeta would pin, like, Britt or... That may have been the original plan. I don't, yeah, we don't and know. Yeah, and then, but, see, Britt got injured. But then I was like, I... I well, why I wouldn't Nyla pin Statlander? Yeah, but I think yeah. everything was so chaotic that they were like, we probably need to finish the match. And then they kind of had to do deal with what they had. I guess. Yeah, and it was yeah. also weird because like Statlander's there, so so not only did Hikaru Shida lose, she lost with an advantage. Right. So I would have liked to have seen Statlander and Hikaru Shida team up on Nyla and get the win that way for Hikaru to get the pin. 
and yeah, that would lead you more to believe that Hikaru could could win this Saturday. Yeah, we she did shall- get a little bit of her heat back where Nyla set up a table, put Sheeta on it, but then Chris Stantlander grabs Nyla Rose after she's on the top rope, uh, which gives Sheeta the advantage. She rolls off the table and superplexes and a nasty looking superplex. It was not not the best looking superplex I've ever seen. Uh, and it almost looked a little dangerous, like she didn't really get Rose over all the way. Well, um, she's a 185-pound woman. Yeah, <laughs> it, definitely more than that. So, <laughs> I don't know. I We give the AEW women's division kind of a hard time, to be fair. And they, they, deserve, they have been deserving of it. But they've set up two really exciting women's matches for Double or Nothing, right? They don't yes. just have the women's title match. Now they have Britt Baker versus... Chris Statlander, and that's going to be, if, if it happens now that Britt's hurt, that is really fun. And I hope that they continue on this upward trend. And we have at least two, maybe three women's matches um, when they deserve it. And I feel like with the right amount of work, they can deserve it because they have a lot of good workers in the roster. So I just, I hope that they keep going on this upward trend. And uh, yeah, it's just nice to see a storyline that doesn't just involve the women's title. Just to ramble on a little bit more about this, I really like the spot with Sheeta. Um, what do you call it? Superplex? Yeah. yeah. I really like that. Um, it looked a little bit off. Like maybe Nyla hit her head on the table or something before her body hit it. But that I mean, table I did not it. stand a chance. And I really liked when Chris Statlander came up to Sheeta and it kind of looked like she was caring for her. Like, Right. Are you okay, she then like kind of hugged her and stuff and kind of pushed her out of the ring. I really like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a really cool moment. It was camaraderie. And, and Sheeta. Yeah, it's good. So Alex Marvez is chatting with John Moxley, and Moxley cuts a pretty cool promo. He basically says that everything leads to violence. It doesn't matter what it is. He gives some examples. And says that Brody Lee is going to get dropped on his head and it'll put him to sleep via a paradigm shift. Um, and he says not only will Brody Lee lose a chance to hold the title, but he will lose his power over the Dark Order. And we all believe that won't happen. Um, if they do, boy, what a what a waste. Um, but yeah, that's it was a very short promo and it was really all that it needed to be. Yeah, it was really good. It was very endearing for, for John Moxley to me. It was one of my favorites. He said something about dropping him on his head. That would put a hippo to sleep or yeah, a, right. a rhino or something like that. A rhino, yeah. I mean, he was hilarious in this promo. I really enjoyed it. He yeah. also he also called the the creepers gimps, which is, is always yeah. good. Yeah. Right. Accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then we go to Sean Spears News, SSN. And I can't wait to hear what you guys think about this. So Spears is cutting a promo and he's talking about how Dustin Rhodes is now retired from professional wrestling. And he has like the lower third and it's all just like super mean and absolutely hilarious regarding Dustin. He cuts the promo and says that, you know, Cody is going to lose Lance Archer and uh, Dustin had to retire because of Cody. Then on the lower third, it, you know, it's scrolling and there's like multiple things that are insulting Cody. And he says, and I'm going to challenge Dustin at Double or Nothing because it is a travesty that Sean Spears did not have a match at Double or Nothing, which is true, man. He's a lot better than people give him credit for. And uh, he says, but I'm going to automatically win because Dustin's retired. He won't show up. 
And again, just to reiterate, if I didn't make it clear, this was all done like Sean Spears was a news anchor. So Micah and Riley, I don't care who goes first. I'm assuming Mike Riley will want Micah to go first. Tell me what you thought of this. So it was definitely better than the Street Profits. Okay, thank you. I have something to say about that after. Yeah. after you that was the it. first thing I thought of. I saw them on the news. Today. I was like, oh, God, please be better than the Street Profits. Right. Um, so here's my here's my my thoughts on it, right? So Simon Miller has has submitted his place for, for Sean Spears' tag team partner, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like Sh- Simon Miller is going to come in, right? Gimmick infringement on kayfabe news. Right? <laughs> you can't have Sean Spears over here stealing his news anchor gimmick. And uh, it's going to start a little feud between Simon Miller and my man Sean Spears. You're going to expect Dustin Rhodes to come out at Double or Nothing. But no, it's going to be the bald you-know-what from What Culture Wrestling. And Uh it's going to be Simon Miller versus Sean Spears at Double or Nothing. Come on, book it, Tony Khan, you coward. Go ahead and do it. Uh, No, actually, it was – to be serious, I actually thought it was a pretty good segment. It was a little weird that it was like, Dustin Rhodes is retired. But then my first thought was, oh, it's fake news. It's right. This is is fake news. He's just he's just making stuff up, which is great for a heel. If he's had this whole gimmick where he just makes stuff up and then people get like upset at him for that, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not super keen on him just booking his own match, but hey, whatever. They're 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 cut for time. Uh, I'm also not super pumped about him versus Dustin Rhodes. I don't know. They're they're both old school wrestlers. I get that. And Sean Spears enjoys a lot of the old school stuff, but. I don't. I don't know. When's the last time Dustin carried a match? Yes. Well, his match with Cody was match of the year. I said, when's when's the last time Dustin carried a match? Though, like, when was Dustin the the, the main event of the match? It seems like well, every. I have match- to. Sean, Sean Spears is really good. Yeah, but you're not going to have the brother versus brother aspect to carry the match along. You're not going to have Lance Archer killing him. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it'll surprise me. I'm not. Not looking forward to it by any means, and Sean Spears is actually one of my favorites. So we we shall see. Okay, Riley. It was it was a good segment, I guess. I like that he's getting more screen time because I really like him, um, and I'm not familiar with him before AW. So this is just strictly from AW. I really enjoy him on the screen and being his hill self. And I enjoy watching him wrestle, too. He's a really good wrestler. Um, I, unlike Micah, actually look forward to the match just because I'm excited that Sean Spears has a match. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's also worth mentioning. I have no idea who Ty, whatever his name was. So, Sean Ty Dillinger, the perfect 10? Yes. He's entirely an AEW character for me, so, as well. So, none of my biases from WWE as far as liking him. He was he was a very good NXT star um, who floundered on the main roster, which is pretty common. So I want to talk about this because I saw a couple people on Twitter uh, and even some friends of mine from another wrestling podcast that specifically said, remember when we hated on the Street Profits from th- for this a couple months ago? And I just want to point out that this was so different that it just blew my mind. When the Street Profits did it, it was this weird Saturday Night Live segment where they were... Listen, Montez Ford is one of the most charismatic people of all time. I mean, the dude is just friggin' hilarious. 
Angelo Dawkins is very talented, and I would probably be saying obnoxiously high praises for him if he wasn't standing next to Montez Ford, who is just so obnoxiously charismatic. And their stuff fell flat. Their jokes were not funny. Even though their delivery was fine, the writing was just crap. This was hilarious because Sean Spears was cutting a regular promo. He wasn't telling jokes. The stuff scrolling on the bottom of the screen, those were the jokes, and they were very, very funny. Sean Spears was just being a jerk of a heel, and it worked. It was so much better. So if you're comparing that terrible, horrible Street Profits crap to Sean Spears News Network, I can tell you the news. The news is you're wrong. And I usually say it's okay to be wrong, but in this in this aspect, it's not. Stop being wrong. Sean Spears was great. Get over it. Yeah, saying that is like saying that you can't enjoy the Dark Knight because Shazam came out first. Like, what? There's no... <laughs> There's but no they're connection. both superhero movies. And I'm, no, I'm sorry, not Shazam. Shazam was a good movie. Kazam with Shaq. That's the one I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, like, no. Uh, what? There's no comparison. Like, this is not even close. This was so much better than that Street Profit segment. Yeah. The Street Profit segment may be one of the worst WWE segments I've ever seen. I've seen The Shockmaster. Is that right? Yeah, it's, that was WCW, but still, it was pretty bad. Uh, Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy is your main event. Sammy Guevara, just like, he just wants to die. Like, every time he takes a big bump, my wife, who loves Sammy Guevara, goes, oh, Sammy. Because he just looks like he's going to die. Like, when he he took a twist of fate in this match, uh, he took two. In the first one, he did the thing that, do you remember a couple months ago, uh, at, at that, I don't remember which pay-per-view it was, but it was the one where WWE announced like three matches, so they had to make stuff up on the fly. You and mean it all turned fun? out to be, yeah, Ali versus Randy Orton. And so Randy Orton does an RKO, and Ali like does a handstand to get out of it. Sammy Guevara did it, and he did it better. Nothing against Ali, but he just, he stood almost straight up, landed right back on his feet, and then kicks Matt Hardy in the head. It was great. I'm not going to say he did it better than Ali. I'm really he not. He definitely did. I, I, I mean, I'm not... I think Maybe. he did. But. The reason the reason I don't think he did is because I don't think the twist of fate is as effective as the RKO. I'm going to say that. Because okay, the RKO kind of hits you so fast, and Matt Hardy being Matt Hardy, the twist of fate's kind of a slow move nowadays. I mean, it always kind of has been. But yeah, I, I didn't think it looked as good as Ali, but that's the first thing I thought of when I saw it. I was like, hey, Ali did that. It was really good, though. Yeah, I really liked it. And then when he actually took the twist of fate, he, like... He basically had he spiked DDT'd himself on his head. Yeah. And then it fell to the ground. Sammy Guevara is just so good and so entertaining. You know, when you watch All Elite Wrestling, I have heard some people complain it was just a bunch of WWE guys. Sure. Okay, Chris Jericho, who's completely reinvented himself. John Moxley, who's completely reinvented himself. Matt Hardy, who is totally different from his WWE persona, even though he kind of did this in Impact. And you, you have other WWE, former WWE guys, I guess, but you also have Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, Lance Archer, who was not a WWE guy. He was in NXT for a short amount of time, but that doesn't count because it was years and years, years ago. It's, you have all these new stars, too, so we got to stop complaining about that as well. Sammy Guevara is one of the highlights of AEW every week, and even a casual fan, I believe, would say the same. He's just great. He just he makes everything his opponent does look like he's being murdered. He's just so good. This match was fine. Um, 
it was a good match. It wasn't a great match. It was good, but Sammy Guevara made it look great. Yeah. Um, again, I think Matt Hardy is more akin to these the tag team matches. I think he needs to be be in tag team matches. He's he's a little slow. Uh, his character work is very good, but his in ring work has suffered with age. Um, but it was fine, uh, and definitely Sammy Guevara helped it. But when you put him next to so many of the fantastic wrestlers in AEW, I think it he, he looks a little weak. But now, are we just gonna skip over the spot where? Oh man, Matt Hardy pushes um, Sammy's face to the uh, the turnbuckle. The turn- <laughs> <laughs> or the ring post. It was the, the ring, ring post, post. Yeah. and he's yeah. putting his face into the ring post, and, and it's like squished, like. <laughs> Just as we saw open. that again out yeah and then yeah, no, we said, this, no, this is definitely going to be a gif and then and then he was like he said something about like look into your soul sammy and then sammy's like i love the stuff like that and i love like when matt hardy takes sammy's head and then hits against the top turnbuckle and goes delete delete and then hits against the middle <laughs> turnbuckle and goes delete and then the bottom and it's just so good i love his little quippy funny little spots like that are they're really good yeah. sammy's the perfect person for it he makes a fantastic face at least every 10 seconds in his matches it's great he's definitely one of my favorite wrestlers i love sammy too. yeah yeah he's so good so after the match is over hardy's grabbing a chair right and he's going back into the ring hardy won by the way with a twist of fate if i didn't point that out and he's gonna attack sammy Guevara. but on the big screen we see chris jericho well i'm sure is cutting an amazing promo but we can't hear it because they have they have more audio issues, which is unfortunate. Travis. So then, Chris Jericho basically says, it, like, it finally cuts in after like 15 seconds. And you see, on the Jacksonville Jaguars field, Kenny Omega, like, up against the ring post. And, uh, uh, I believe it was Santana and Ortiz were attacking him. And, of course, Jake Hager. And uh, Jake Hager's also there with Chris Jericho. And he calls he calls Matt Hardy out. Matt Hardy's running through Daly's Place trying to get to the Jacksonville Jaguars field. For those of you that are not familiar, Daly's Place connects to one of the Jaguars' end zones. So he runs, and he gets there. He starts attacking. But it turns out, you see off in the distance, standing in the front row in the crowd, two men wearing coronavirus masks. And it's the Young Bucks, and they're back. And they jump off and land on Santana and Ortiz. And these guys are going off. They're fighting. And then you see off in the distance, in the other end zone. And then you hear. It's like this, it's this little dot, right? You're like, what is that dot? And you see the inner circle on the Jags, uh, uh, inner circle logo on the Jags uh, screens, which is the biggest screens in the world. And as the dot gets closer, you realize that it's a cowboy. And as it gets even closer, you realize it is the cowboy, and it's Adam Page. And Adam Page cuts, uh, he hits this huge, huge clothesline on Jake Hager. Yeah, you know the stupid thing where Cody runs back into the tunnel? Yep. That's what, this is what that was supposed to be. Yeah, he he basically ran for 100 yards. He did a 100-yard dash in cowboy boots into a lariat. Yes! Jake Hager is not going to be able to wrestle Saturday. No. They absolutely demolished him. Uh, Adam Page is very pumped up. They're all happy to be back. After the Elite wins this fight and stands tall, Adam Page immediately leaves. 100%. So they're keeping that, you know, he's not real happy to be in the Elite or he's not officially in the Elite. 
Um, so then Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, and Matt Hardy stand in the end zone, and they get a drone shot of Kenny Omega standing there holding his gut because he's hurt. He's been attacked by four guys. The Young Bucks doing their pose. Matt Hardy's doing delete over and over and over, and as the drone fades back, you see that the elite is written on the end zone, and on the other Jack screen, you see the elite logo. It was a really cool spot to end the show, and yeah, uh, this is basically opposite bookend to the other week too, right? And this is basically to set up the. Uh, stadium Stampede match, which will be a ring on the 50-yard line of the Jag Stadium, TIAA Bank Field. And uh, basically what's going on is it's it's basically a, a 5v5 false count anywhere, no DQ match. So they're going to fight all friggin' over the stadium, and it's going to be awesome. Yep, I'm really looking forward to this match. I will say I really enjoyed the segment, but I was severely disappointed that Hangman did not come in riding a horse with a lasso. I right. Was so upset. If he would have came in riding a horse down the hundred yard line and lassoed Jake Hager, that would have been the best wrestling moment of all time. I'm not even making the joke about WWE with the stupid best wrestling match of all time. That would have been the best wrestling moment of all time. It would have been cool. But no, it it's fine. Cool. It's fine that he ran a hundred yard dash in cowboy boots and, and Larry did uh Jake Hager. <laughs> I popped you... so hard. Like... Yeah the young bucks were there and then i saw a dot and i i told mike i was like wait do you see somebody running across yeah. the field and i started laughing like who would run across the field at this part like why would anybody <laughs> be running across get that, the get that crew field? member off the field <laughs> and so then he just starts coming closer and closer and closer it's like yes it's hangman i'm so excited <laughs> out of the woods he's out of the woods now he's back in civilization so i think it's very telling to the way they've built hangman that when when I saw the Bucks, I was like, oh, cool, the Bucks are back. When I saw Hangman, I freaked out. I was like, oh, my God, is Hangman Adam Page. He's the best wrestler yeah. of all time. And yeah. They've built him so well. And even Riley, she was probably more excited for Hangman than she was the Bucks, right? Um, Yeah, probably. Yeah, just and a, she's just like, a little bit like And she's like much. a huge uh, BTE Young Bucks fan. But, man, if y'all haven't watched the BTE monologue with Hangman Adam Page, if you never watched BTE, watch that monologue. It was so good. He's so good. He's hilarious. Um, he's, he's very funny. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see him back. I was a little concerned they weren't going to make it back. I was worrying, wondering, just like the announcers were trying to build towards, like, why are they having this match? Because are are the Bucks going to be there? Like, is, is it going to be, be is it going to be the Bucks, Kenny, and Matt, and Cody, even though he's wrestling for the TNT champion? That's dumb. Like, what, right. what's going to happen? And some people were like, oh, the Revival are going to take the Bucks' place. No, that's stupid. That's, that's not what was going to happen. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for the match, and I'm just glad to see my boy Hangman back. Speaking about how over Hangman is on BTE, Kenny is like honestly hurt because like Hangman is so much more over than Kenny is. Like people are out there ch- cheering for Hangman and stuff. That's on BTE, by the way. This most recent one. They're building even more embarrass or, or uh, uh, strife inside the elite. Yeah. Some jealousy, a Bruin, on the other side. So let's let's talk about the grade for the show. So Micah and Riley, I'll let you go last. Micah, if you were going to grade the the go home show for Double or Nothing, what are you going to grade it? Um, I think if I had to give it a grade, I gave last week's like a C. Like it wasn't it wasn't super good. Mm, 
I'm trying to think of what I disliked. Other than the audio issues, I didn't really dislike very much on this episode. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to give it, just because it didn't blow me away in a lot of parts, there wasn't a, like the best matches I've ever seen. I'm going to give it a B plus. I'm going to say it's a B plus episode. Okay. I I agree with you. I'm not going to give it quite as high a grade. And I think you were actually a little too tough on Dynamite last week. But this show was just... Did a you see that Cody was... segment? Yes, I did. Um, I think that this week's show was good. Like it was solid is a nice word for it. But the problem with a solid show is how good of a grade are you going to give it, right? There was just a lot of just fun stuff in this show. And like when the main event happened, I, I looked at my beautiful wife and I said, is this, is this even like, I can't believe that it's almost over. Like I could, I could deal. I know you disagree with Micah, but I could deal with a three hour AEW show because it's just fun. And I'm, I'm, I don't want it to be over yet. I never said I couldn't so, deal with it. I just think it's good that it's two hours. Yeah. So I think I would give the show a B. Because it was good, but it didn't blow me away. There was nothing that happened on this show where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just the greatest thing ever. It was just a lot of really good stuff. Yeah, there was one spot where I was like, oh my gosh, but that's when Ray Phoenix almost died. Right. But it wasn't <laughs> what do you good. think, Riley? I'm going to give it an A-. minus, Just because I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, Ray Phoenix versus Orange Cassidy was a very good match. It was. But the aftermath was a little sloppy. Yeah. That's the only reason I gave it an A- minus because of the sloppy aftermath of that match. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay. So, Micah, if you will please take some notes for our Double or Nothing predictions. All right. So we're going to do some predictions. And the loser will have a 30-second challenge that they have to answer to on the review show. So... Match number one, the buy-in pre-show is Private Party versus the Best Friends. Best Friends are ranked number one, Private Party is ranked number three, and this is for the AEW Tag Team Championship number one contender. So the winner will wrestle Kenny Omega and Hangman Page for the titles. Um, I think it's a no-brainer that this goes to the Best Friends. They've been built up a lot recently. Private Party hasn't been able to be around, even though their BTE stuff has been really funny and really good. Um, I think this is it's time for Best Friends to step up. I'm not entirely sure that I want Hangman and Kenny to lose so fast. And I know it's been a long time, but unfortunately, the, the, the way things are right now, they haven't really had a, a chance to continue and further that storyline. So I don't really want them to lose right now. And uh, either way, that's, that's not what I'm predicting. I think the best friends will win this pre-show match. Riley? Oh man, that's a hard one because Private Party beat the Young Bucks. I'm just trying to think. Ugh. I think that they're building up best friends a lot right now, but it's just mainly because they've been there for every single episode. Um, they're also crowd favorites. They're one of the number one merch sellers. Okay, Micah, it's your turn. <laughs> best friends, Riley. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I just hate that Private Party's going to come back and lose if they're going to book it. I mean, they've had matches. They had a match on uh, Dark, like, last week. Yeah. It's not like um, a big return. I, they also wrestled a teddy bear on BTE. That's Yeah, that awesome. was weird. It's Please funny, though. It's so awesome. Okay. I think I'm going to go with Private Party just because, like, I want Best Friends to win. Right. But well, Riley just, is wrong, so. I just don't, <laughs> I, I don't see why Private Party would come back and just lose. 
Because best friends are better. I want best friends to win. Let's put that on the record, okay? I want them to win. I'm just trying to go for predictions here. Thank you. Okay. Okay, yeah. we're going to move into Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears. And I don't think this one is as big a lock as anyone believes it to be. Um, I think a lot of people just assume Sean Spears is going to win to uh, continue his upward trend. I think Dustin Rhodes has a chance to win here. However, I do think Sean Spears does come away with a win. This will probably be the opening match to the show. Um, and I, I think it's going to be better than, than Micah believes it will be. And I think Sean is going to take the win here. Micah? <clears throat> I'm kind of going back and forth because a Dustin win could kind of further cement uh, Sean Spears' kind of heel devolving, devolving into a, a more of a heel. Uh, because, yeah, he's a heel, but other than the chairman moment, what real heel moments has he had? Um, um, the air horn. Yeah, the air yeah, horn was a very heel thing. Yeah, yeah that was um, awful. <clears throat> I'm going to say Sean Spears, though, just because I don't want to see... Like, you don't want Dustin to come back just to lose, you know, and, 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 and what so many people are calling his prime. But you also don't want one of your up and coming talents to lose. So it's kind of a tough call. I'm going to chase, I'm going to say Sean Spears, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Dustin win through maybe a DQ or something, but I'm going with Sean Spears. Riley. I'm going to go with Sean Spears just because I want him to win. Yeah. Totally did okay. not work in the last prediction. Fair <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> All right. Dr. Britt Baker. Versus Chris Statlander. Rally, I'm going to let you open this one. Okay, I'm going to go with Chris because I love Chris Statlander. Um, I don't think she's going to be facing Britt, though. Like, she might be, but whoever she's going up against, I think she's going to win. Um, so, Chris Statlander. Micah? I'm going to go with Chris Statlander because I think she's going to be wrestling Penelope Ford. If I had to guess. Uh, I don't think I don't think presume if if it's Chris Statlander if it's if it's not Statlander versus Baker these predictions don't count so let's just assume it's Statlander versus Baker if it's against Baker then Chris all around Chris either okay. way no matter what yeah uh, okay. if it's Chris versus Baker I'm gonna say Baker's gonna win but I really don't think she's gonna wrestle this Saturday yeah uh, same here I think Britt Baker's gonna win they've been pushing her too hard to have her just lose again she did lose on TV a couple weeks ago. Uh, I don't, I don't see her losing another match this quickly. I know they pushed Chris Statlander a lot, but I think, I think they really like Britt, and they, uh, I think they have something special with her, and I think they might. So yeah. I think Britt Baker will win. Uh, MGF versus Jungle Boy, Micah. I'm gonna let you start this one. Oh, it's got to be MGF. Uh, they've been pushing how MGF's undefeated this year, how he's never actually been pinned or submitted. I don't think Cody loses to MJF just to have MJF lose to Jungle Boy. Uh, it's got to be MJF in this match, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's probably even gonna be a clean win. Riley, oh my gosh, isn't Jungle Boy undefeated though too? No, no, they no. A lot. He was winless last year. This year he's got a decent like record. I don't know last year. Yeah, I mean in singles he lost to Jericho. I don't know who else he's even faced in singles. Who else has he, he faced? He tied Jer his match. Jericho was a draw. That's right. It was a draw. Yeah. Mm. But has he had any other singles matches? Yes, I don't remember what they were, but yeah, he has. Hmm. Oh my gosh, this is a hard one because I really want Jungle Boy to be MJF. 
but uh, why don't you go first, Matt? Second. <laughs> um, okay, I'm I'm just gonna echo what Micah said. I'm gonna take MJF. Uh, the reality is MJF is gonna be wrestling John Moxley very soon for the for the AEW title. Um, and I'm not so convinced that he's not gonna win it. MGF, I mean, you know, when AEW started, we all said Kenny Omega is the first non-WWE guy that's going to hold that AEW title. We were all convinced. We thought, well, maybe it'll be Hangman Page. Hangman Page is super over. He could be the new Stone Cold. Hangman Page is going to be the first non-WWE guy to hold the AEW title. I'm going to tell you, there's a darn good chance it's going to be MJF. They love this guy. There is no one on the roster other than, say, Chris Jericho that talks better than MGF. Are there other people that talk as good as him? Yes, there are. But no one sans one of the greatest, potentially the greatest of all time, talks better than MGF. So maybe Jake Roberts, but he's he's not technically a wrestler right now. It's just amazing how at 23, I believe he is, he's already one of the greatest talkers of all time. I mean, can, can you believe... Have you ever thought that you would say that? I mean, you know, you have young guys come in like Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, AJ Styles and TNA, of course, and you go, man, this is one of the best high flyers of all time. You have someone young like Brian Danielson. If you don't know that name, Daniel Bryan. You know, man, he's one of the most technically gifted wrestlers of all time. Young guys don't just learn to talk. And I firmly believe that MGF has been doing this his whole life, and he loves everything about wrestling. You know, he's someone that keeps his kayfabe up. He's a jerk to people. You can argue that maybe he shouldn't. But he believes in that old school wrestling mentality where if he's supposed to be a bad guy, darn it, he's going to sell it. MGF gets the win easy here. Easy. Now, I say easy. It's not. It, Jungle Boy's going to pick up a heck of a fight because they love Jungle Boy too. And Jungle Boy is one of the guys that they will highlight for years to come. But there is. An almost zero percent chance that he wins, in my opinion. Yeah, now it's Riley. not Jungle Boy's time. No, no, it's MGF's time. Have I convinced you, Riley? You really have, to be honest. I think I'm okay <laughs> with MJF. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, you're right though. Like Jungle Boy doesn't talk at all. Yeah, he's had a and, couple sit-down interviews with Jr., but he hasn't cut any promos. But no while. promos. I mean, they make him out to be like this monkey boy. Because, like, even Monkey in the, That's mean, a better name than Jungle Boy. Like <laughs> Monkey Boy Jack Perry. <laughs> or, like, he's kind of like um, like a Tarzan character. Yeah, right. I mean, he's just... I don't know. He's more like an animal than a human, if that makes sense. Um, okay. So, yeah, I guess I can see MJF winning here. Okay. To your point, I don't think MJF's taking the title off Moxley. I think that would be a poor decision. He's a I great also, talker. Yeah, I agree but I don't think he has the wrestling chops to carry the title, personally. I haven't no. seen that out of him. Maybe I'll see that uh, Saturday night, but I haven't seen great wrestling out of MJF yet. He's really good at selling, though. He is a good seller. Okay. Makes it entertaining. AEW Women's Championship match. Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida. Uh, Riley. Um, I'm going to go with Nyla just because after that uh, win on Wednesday night, I really want Sheeta to win, but I think it's too soon. Even though they're building her up so much. I don't know. Oh, this is hard. I'm just going to go with Nyla. Okay. I locked in my Micah? Um, My dog thinks that Nyla's going to win. I don't know if you hear her yep. in the background. <laughs> um, I, here's the thing. If 
the coronavirus wouldn't have hit, Hikaru Shida would have won right here. Yeah. But how many times has Nyla even defended her title? Twice, maybe? Yeah, not Would much. Twice? I don't know. She's one of the homegrown talents uh, in AEW, and I guess Hikaru Shida is too, um, but she, less so. She was she was very popular in Joshi and all that, but I don't know. I don't see Hikaru Shida taking it off Nyla right now. I think she's the one to take it off Nyla. I don't know if right now is the right time. I, I haven't seen enough from Nyla, and I think her character's been building very well. I think it would take a lot of steam out of her to take the title off of her right now. Either way, it will be okay, I think. But I, me personally, if I were booking it, I would keep the title on Nyla. Uh, it is also a no-DQ match, so I think that's going to come into play. But yeah, I'm going to go with Nyla. Okay. I'm also going to go with Nyla Rose, and I hate myself for saying that because I was convinced that Hikaru Ishida was going to be the person to take off, take the title off Nyla. And again, I think you hit the nail on the head. If it wasn't for coronavirus, I don't think that she would have been the next challenger. I think Nyla would have had another one or two wins. My only concern about this pick is that if Nyla beats Hikaru, who, who's she wrestling? Because she already beat Statlander. She already beat Riho. Not a whole lot of other big baby faces in AEW and on the women's side. So, I mean, she she destroyed Shanna before she won the title. I just, I'm not sure. I feel like they're going to have to bring in another woman to, to wrestle her. I mean, I do. So we'll see how it works. Yeah, they can. Uh, they can. They've already got the uh, build for B Priestley, so they could work that. Yeah, Which, that's I, true. She's in Japan right now, I assume. So yeah, not a whole lot. No, and a whole lot of people available currently to wrestle her. But yeah, it's a problem. AEW TNT Championship match: Cody versus Lance Archer. Um, I believe, if I recall, that when we. Uh, did our predictions for this, which I'm pretty sure Kyle lost. I don't think there's any way that he could come back and win, no matter what happens here. Um, but I picked Lance Archer then. I'm picking Lance Archer now. Uh, Lance Archer should be the first TNT Championship uh, winner. I'm totally okay with Cody winning the title. I'm not okay with Cody being the first champion. I'm not. And the reason I'm not is because he said, I'm not like... He didn't say this, but he basically said, I'm not like that other guy from that other promotion that I destroyed his throne. I will never go for the world title again if Jericho beats me. Jericho beat him. Now, if he gets this this next title and he's the first champion, I think that's kind of a crock of crap. This is my first It'd be like, like, I can't win that title, so I'll make my own. (laughs) Exactly. And that's exactly something Triple H would do. Now, I love Cody. Cody is an amazing person. He has a cool wrestling mind. He's great in the ring. But how how much of a Triple H move is that? It's a hey, very Triple well, H move. So I just, I don't want him to have that H in him. I want Lance Archer to win this. And if Cody wins the title in two or three months and takes it off Archer, fine. But I don't want him to be the first champion. And if he is, to me, that's a big blow against AEW. That's just my opinion. Micah. So here's what I think. I have less faith in Cody than you do. Uh, I think Lance Archer should 100% win this match. But I think Cody will 100% win this match. That's just my opinion. Uh, maybe I have a wrong opinion of him. And we'll, if, if, if Cody loses this match, my opinion of him will change. But what I've seen lately is overbooked, overdramatic, Triple H style stuff. Uh, and like I even said last week, not just Triple H-style stuff, Dusty-style stuff. Yeah. Dusty was kind of the same way. Um, I don't know. I I can see Cody booking himself to win this. 
And it's hard when you're an EVP or something like that, because if Cody Rhodes wasn't an EVP, nobody would be saying this, right? If he was still the exact same wrestler, cutting the same great promos, uh, putting in the same great work, being one of the top babyface, everybody like, yeah, make him, it'd be fine for him to be the champion. But he's EVP, so it puts him in a hard place. Um, but he's not really the one making the decisions either. Tony Khan has final say in everything in AEW. People think that uh, the EVPs have most of the final say, but Tony Khan's the head booker. He's doing yeah. all this. Um, so it's hard to say. I think Archer should beat him, and I think if Cody beats Archer, it makes him look like a dweeb, and it makes him lose all his luster way too early in his AEW career. But picture in your mind who you think the first person that Mike Tyson is going to give this belt to. I think it's going to be Cody. I think it's going to be Cody, and I don't want it to be. So either way, I'll be happy that I won the, the, the prediction, or I'll be happy that they chose the right victor. So we shall see. Riley? Riley? Okay, I'm going to go with Cody, too. Um, I just think Lance Archer is so new. Like, he hasn't even wrestled in front of a crowd yet. Like, it's crazy. He's wrestled in front of dozens of people. <laughs> I mean, like an actual, you know what I meant. And so I just think Cody's going to take it. I don't know how because Archer's huge. But I mean, after that whole bout with him coming in the ring and like Archer kind of running away, like Jake the Snake was like, come on, Archer, we got to go. Let's get out of here. He like, may use the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. The surprise roll up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he might do that. I mean, maybe Archer will do like I don't know, like a uh, like a jump from the top rope where, where like his back hits first, but then Cody could just maneuver all his weight into a three count. Uh, I don't know. We've never seen anything <laughs> like that, but maybe Cody could pull something like that off. Yeah. But yeah, I honestly, I don't know who I'd rather win because I really, really like Lance Archer. I just think he's so new right now, like. Why would they put a belt on him? He's so new. I think the fact that he is so new and has been built as such a monster is all the reason to put a belt on him. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to change my prediction or something. I'm not trying to change your prediction. I think Archer should win as well. I just don't think he will. Yeah. So you're both going Cody then? Yes. Final answer. Locked in. Uh, The casino ladder match. And this one is worth two points because of how many people were in this match. So if you'll mark that down, Micah. Okay. This is nine competitors, Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, and a mystery competitor. Now, if you predict the mystery competitor, you don't have to guess who it is. You just have to say the mystery competitor is going to be your winner. Um, and again, we're going to predict who the mystery competitor is after this, so please do not try to do that. Uh, out of those men... Micah, who do you think is going to be the winner of the Casino Ladder match, which will then get a shot at the AEW World Championships? All right, so here's who I think we can eliminate. We can eliminate Luchasaurus. I don't think he's going to get it. He's one of my favorites, but I don't want to see him in a title match. He should be in the tag title scene, um, and he's just there to catch people. Every every match like this has a big guy, has a big show, has a cane. He's there right. to catch uh, you can eliminate SCU. Uh, Frankie Zarian just faced Moxley. Scorpio Sky already had his title chance. 
I don't see that happening. Uh, you've got Orange Cassidy, which, come on, he's not going to put in the effort to climb a ladder. Right. Uh, <laughs> but the, the spot where he looks up at the chip and slowly makes <laughs> it up, not because he's hurt, but just because he's lazy, that's going to be a good spot, and it's going to happen. You know what I want to see? I want to see Orange Cassidy get a stepladder from under the ring and then pull it out and then just kind right. of go, eh, whatever, and just lay down in the corner. Uh, <laughs> you've got the mystery competitor, which, you know, you could say that the the mystery competitor. We're not doing predictions. On I'm not saying who it is, but I'm okay. saying since they're coming in as a mystery, they could be some big name and they could come in and take it and get an immediate title shot. I don't think that's going to happen uh, personally. It could entirely happen. Because maybe they don't want any of these other guys directly burst into a title shot. Um, you've got Darby Allen. I think they missed too many opportunities with Darby Allen to put him in an immediate title shot and for him to win it like that. So I don't think they'll do that. I think my prediction, I would, I would say Ray Phoenix. Um, just because he would be the one person I could see just pushed into a world title shot and having a really good match. And even if he doesn't win, being very convincing and, and not losing any of his shine. And also, he just had a win. So, you know, 50-50 booking. But uh, I would I would say I would say Ray Phoenix. That's my guess. Just because he's, okay. so, he's so good. He's so good. Riley, do you have an answer, or would you like me to go first? Um, I think you already know the answer to that question. Okay, then I'm going to go. So... <laughs> I, I do agree. I think so. Ray Phoenix out of these guys is my prediction. I think most people are expecting Darby Allen to win. He is probably the biggest name in here. But the reality is, Darby Allen just wrestled Mox right before Moxley won the title and lost clean to him. So I don't think that'll happen. Ray Phoenix versus John Moxley would be incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm actually going to pick mystery competitor here, uh, which is really funny because I'm going to tell you who I predict as the mystery competitor, who I think has zero chance of winning this chance, this time, this match. But AEW has a way of surprising me. Um, I just nothing against these guys; they're all great. A lot of these guys would be a really cool TV opponent for John Moxley. I just, other than Phoenix, I don't really see any of them winning. I don't. And uh, I think Ray Phoenix is going to keep feuding with the best friends. I really think it's going to be the mystery competitor. That's, that's just, and again, the person that I'm predicting to be the mystery competitor, there's no chance he wins. So I'm, I'm kind of contradicting myself, but we'll see. All right, Riley. Um, okay, so after Micah explained all that, Ray Phoenix sounds like a really good choice, but I'm going to go with Orange Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> Children trips and they like help him up the ladder. What if it's the Otis spot? Well, I was just thinking, like, what if? I mean, nobody expects him to climb the ladder. Nobody expects him to do very much because he's lazy. But I think maybe there's a chance that he's just like he's just that person that nobody expects. He's the least expected person to win this, so I feel like he has more of a chance because he's the least expected person. But okay, I mean, and. It's weird, like, why would he be in a title match with John Moxley, blah, blah, blah. Gosh, it would be a, such a good but match, But it would though. still be good. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, so I'm going to go with Orange Cassidy whenever he wins, guys. Sorry. Wouldn't you love points. it if Orange Cassidy comes in? Because I don't, I, are they doing this? Are they playing this like a battle royale where they come in one at a time? Do you know? Honestly, I really don't know. That would be interesting. Uh, 
but don't they have to climb the ladder to get yeah, the thing? Yeah, it would so be kind of dumb. Do. Yeah, like uh, a poker chip or something. But it'd also be really hectic to have nine people in the ring immediately. And plus, with the mystery guy, yeah, they're definitely going to come in one at a time with the mystery competitor. Uh, I, I would yeah, say. That's true. Um, hmm. Let's see. Orange Cassidy could come in. Uh huh. He could just run directly up the ladder, take the chip, and leave. Well, I, I, they announced that they didn't really say exactly how it's going to happen, but they did say that no one can get the chip until everyone <clears throat> enters the match. Uh, Which makes me wonder why any of the guys would fight until then. They should just like all hang out and stay rested. Oh yeah. They should have Orange Cassidy come in as number one and just take a nap in the corner. <laughs> I bet that's what they do. Yeah, they probably just have Orange Cassidy as a as a comic relief. I don't think he's going to win, but it would be no. fantastic if he did. I would love to see Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley. Yes. He's one hundred percent going to have a big spot or two, but no, he won't. He won't win. Stadium Stampede: Matt Hardy and the Elite versus Hold the on. Inner Circle. Are we, are we guessing the mystery competitor? No, not yet. We're going to do that after this. Okay. Uh, Matt Hardy and the Elite versus the Inner Circle. Riley, I feel like I already know what your answer is, and I'm going to let you go first here. Um, I'm going to... Ooh, this is so hard, though. Because, see, you think you know my answer, but, like, I love the Elite so much, and I want them to win. But, like, they have issues within their team, as you can see. I think... Oh, gosh. I'm going to go with the Elite just because I know Hangman and them, like, they are kind of distant, whatever. But I think Hangman has a good heart, and he's going to do the right thing, and he's going to beat up the inner circle in a smithereens. So, the Elite. Yeah, Chris Jericho pins Matt Jackson because Hangman Page screws him over. 100%. Uh, And it's not that he screws him over on purpose, but he... Maybe they're arguing, and he shoves him, and then Jake Hager takes out Hangman, and then Chris Jer- maybe uh, Hangman shoves Matt Jackson directly into the Judas Effect. That would be a cool finish. I'd be down for it. Chris Jericho pins Matt Jackson. The Inner Circle get the win. The Elite has even more tension, and hopefully we get a Matt Jackson versus Hangman Page one-on-one match with Kenny Omega and Nick Jackson on the outside. That'd be so good. Kenny Omega is oh, yeah. a special guest referee. Oh, that would be rough. I want the Elite to win, but then again, the Inner Circle winning would be a really cool dynamic with like the storylines and stuff. Agreed. So my prediction is very similar to yours. So as you said before, this storyline has gotten very cold. We haven't seen it in a while, uh, so a lot of stuff has cooled off. You'd think maybe some tensions had have levied a little bit. So I think they're going to build all those back up with this match. Um, I have no idea how this match is going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be one pin wins. I don't know if it's going to be two out of three falls. If it's going to be elimination. If it's going to be a cage. I don't know. I don't think anybody really knows. We just know there's going to be a ring in a stadium. That's pretty much it, right? Right. So it could go anyway. But they're going to use this match to build some tension between the elite and to further solidify the inner circle as the main group of the company and the inner circle are going to win. I really like your prediction with Chris Jericho pinning Matt Jackson. Uh, I would, Hmm. I don't think Matt Hardy's going to, I don't think, yeah, I think Matt or Nick are the number one people that are going to eat a pin. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Nick eat the pin and that, cause Nick kind of has been a middleman between all of this. Matt has been the main, uh, what's the word antagonizer. 
throughout this with Hangman. Yeah, uh, Nick's kind of been riding the middle of the ro- road, and you know, even Hangman when Nick got injured, he he showed some care about him. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see that build a some tension between Nick and Hangman, uh, or even Kenny getting the pin and that building some tension between Kenny and Hangman. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> or K- Hangman getting the pin and building tension between all of them. Right, uh, kind of seeing it as an abandonment. So I don't know. Uh, I definitely think Inner Circle is going to win, but either way, I'm going to love this match. It's going to be so good. Yeah, 100%. So good. So what I'm pretty confident is going to be your main event will be John Moxley versus Brody Lee. And I'll go first on this one. And I firmly believe that John Moxley will retain. I think there is basically 0% chance that Brody wins. Although, a lot of people strongly disagree with me and they think that Brody Lee is going to win to make the Dark Order even more powerful. I just don't see it. And look, I Luke Harper is great. He was a great talent in WWE. He was drastically overlooked. But you can't have a guy who was a mid-carder at best in WWE come over and just take your title immediately. That makes your company look small. Luke Harper could be built up as a star over these next few months. But right now, He's Luke Harper. So Brody Lee takes the pinfall. Um, I'm not entirely sure that it's just going to be an, an, an easy pin for Mox. Maybe he'll have like one of those Jeff Cobb roll-ups. But Mox does get the win here. Micah? So here's the thing. In kayfabe, Brody Lee should win this. He's got the numbers advantage. He's got the size advantage. He's been on a win streak. He should win this. In a wrestling sense, there's no way that Brody Lee should have the title right now. Right. No way. Um, I don't want to see John Moxley pin Brody Lee right now. And honestly, AEW hasn't done it. I don't think I don't think it's going to be the main event. Personally, I think there's a better chance that the TNT Championship is the main event than this is the main event. Uh, or the Stadium Stampede. Yeah, I can see that too. Um, I wouldn't put this in the main event. I don't think it's going to be a main event match. I don't think it's going to be a great match personally. Uh, I could be surprised, but I, I they believe in their world title though. They, they always want their world title to be the last match of the night. Okay. They, they can be wrong. That's fine. Uh, yeah, but is Mike Tyson presenting the Brody Lee versus John Moxley match? No. That's true. I would put the TNT championship since it's the inaugural match, but, and also it's between two better competitors in my opinion. Uh, I'm going to say John Moxley is going to win. But I wouldn't be surprised to see it in by disqualification. I would not okay. be surprised to see John Moxley almost get the upper hand on Brody Lee and him just going off, seeing the fact that he's going to lose, not wanting to lose power, and disqualifying himself, uh, either by using the gimps and the creepers or a chair or something. Uh, or maybe he could just leave. I don't know. I would not be surprised to see that finish. And that might be better than John Moxley pinning him clean. Okay. That's not an AEW thing, but you know what? It can happen. That's why it would be so good, though. It's not good when you do it every episode of every show. But if you just do it every one... This reason it's a thing in wrestling. Yeah. It's just overused in WWE. But it's underused in AEW. So yeah. I could see it working out. Okay. Go ahead, Riley. John Moxley, definitely. Um, okay. I just 
I can't see Brody Lee winning this up. Like, I guess, like what Mikey was saying, in kayfabe, yes, but I just think John Moxley needs to retain here. He's yeah, a better champion than Brody Lee would be. Yeah. Okay, cool. So let's let's do some predictions, and let's predict the casino la- ladder match, mystery competitor. Now, this is also worth two points. Now, I'm going to give you guys seven names who I think it could be, and then we'll do our actual predictions. You do not have to pick one of my seven names. I just want to talk about them, okay? Okay. So the most, the most commonly predicted name is Brian Cage. Brian Cage, if you don't know, is that gigantic monster of a man who yeah. almost signed with AEW a couple months ago until his wife said, actually, no, he didn't. Apparently what happened was he, I think he tore his bicep. Is what, he, he had some kind of major injury. Uh, and so they didn't sign him at that time. And a lot of people believe that now is the time. Yeah, I think so, it's worth noting a bicep injury is about six months timeout, right? Right. He's been out for about four months. Okay. But Brian Cage is on a lot of steroids. <laughs> so it's entirely possible he's healed in four months. I think that's worth noting. Yeah. So that is... What most people to be what most people believe to be the favorite. What do you guys think of that? Um, he's not my favorite for it. Uh, it's entirely possible. But do you think Brian Cage is really the guy to come back on a cage match or a, a ladder match? I don't know. He's no Darby Allen, no Jeff Hardy. He's not a ladder match kind of guy, in my opinion. If if so, if Tucker's going to break the steps, not Tucker. If Otis is going to break the steps in a ladder. Brian Cage is going to break the steps in the ladder. <laughs> like, I don't know. AEW's ladders have better steps. See, they it's don't, they don't they're break. Made they're made of gold. They're made of gold. And they're not gimmicked. Uh, he's not my favorite going into it for personal reasons or for what I think will happen. But let me pull okay. up a picture of Brian Cage for Riley so she can see this guy. This freak okay. of nature. I'll go ahead and talk oh, while, while you're doing that for her. Himself. So Brian Cage is a monster. Um, it's entirely possible that he'd come out, just murder everybody, and grab the title. Um, and I I think that there is a good chance that it's Brian Cage. Do I think that it is Brian Cage, and is he my prediction? No. But I do think there is a good chance that Brian Cage is the man to enter this match and uh, potentially win. Riley? Yeah. Um, that's a hard no for me. <laughs> um, hard no. That's, yeah, very hard no. Um, I just don't, I don't know him. I don't know if I want to know him because <laughs> he looks like a balloon animal. Oh my God. But. So let's. <laughs> no, finish your thought. I'm sorry. I was just saying nothing. I don't want to be mean. <laughs> um, well, Lila like does. <laughs> but um, anyways, have, have you guys seen him wrestle before? Like, is he a good wrestler? Yes. He's a very good wrestler, and he can actually do moves you would not expect. He's a big dude. He can do moves you wouldn't expect him to be able to do. Okay, well, then maybe I want to see it, but I don't want him in this ladder match. Okay. Let's talk about someone that you guys do know, and let's move on to Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder is one of Cody's best friends. Uh, Cody came out and said, I don't want this to be all friends wrestling. I absolutely love Zack. He's an amazing talent, but right now is not the time. But could he be trying to swerve us? 
Could we hear Woo 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 this Saturday? Um, nah. No. <laughs> I don't know. Like, here's the thing. You talk about bringing mid-carters in from WWE. Like, he was like, literally a jobber for like a year. Yeah, like, he's like below, he's like lower mid-card at, at the most. Uh, I know, so what Cody was basically saying is, I would love to see Zack Ryder in AEW, but I'm not making the call. Same thing with right. Dustin. When Dustin came in, he said, look, he's my brother. I'm not making the call. I'm, I'm not involved in this. Just take me out of the equation. Dustin, you need to deal with Tony Khan. And I feel right. like he's doing the same thing with Matt Cardona, which is a smart move, right? Right. You don't want uh, vested interest or anything in this. So I think there's a very good chance Zack Ryder comes to AEW. I'm, I wouldn't, like, if, if if I saw Matt Cardona pop it, I would be like, oh, okay. Well, I right. still want Phoenix to win. So, who's Matt Cardona? Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder. He collects action figures. You don't know who Zack Ryder is, Riley? This whole thing. No, Why would she? Said, She's only been watching WWE like, for a year. What's okay, he done? So like, uh, I guess first, true. The first thing that I thought of whenever he said woo 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 was who who who? Because like who is Zack Ryder? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So, okay, that's fair. So, so I'm gonna assume you, you you probably don't think it's Zack Ryder. No. Okay. I also do not think it'll be Zack Ryder. I would love to see Zack Ryder. But I want to see Zack Ryder go to Ring of Honor. I want to see him to go in the Indies. I want him to remake his name. I want him to release some YouTube videos that are very entertaining. And I want to see people fall in love with him all over again. Because he's one of those guys that he can convince you that he is somebody. Even if he's not, he can convince you that he is because he has that type of talent. And I would love to see him in AEW just in a year or two. He's still he's thirty three years old. Yeah. He's in his prime, so he he doesn't have to come in right now. Lance Archer is thirty nine, I believe, or older than that, and and he's just coming into AEW. I think Zack Ryder will definitely be in AEW, just not right now. Uh, okay, I definitely know you know this person, Riley, and I'm going to let you predict first. Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian are in this match, but there's one person that is not in this match, as far as we know, and that is Christopher Daniels. Is it possible that they look in their own roster and the mystery person is the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels? I don't think so. That's just weird to me. But yeah. I mean, I could see it happening, but that's just boring. Like, why would they? I'm not saying that Chris Daniels is boring because I, I like him and I like his character and all that. But you just want a new would... person. Well, not even a new person, just somebody more, uh, I don't know. I guess a new person, yeah. Because why would they be saying, ooh, a mystery person, and it not be somebody new? Right. To get the pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then that, that would make me upset. So, so speaking of looking in their own roster, if this weren't a ladder match, something that would be really cool in my opinion, if it were like a Battle Royale match, wouldn't it be great if Awesome Kong came out and the chip was for Nyla Rose's championship? Yeah. That would That'd be, be cool. awesome. Because no, Awesome Kong is like the one woman I can think of that I'm completely okay with throwing a, like a grown man over the top rope. Right. But it's a ladder. 100%. Match. That wouldn't happen. Yeah. So, it's a nice thought, though. Yeah. What about Christopher Daniels? Um, I would, I would be more than disappointed if it was Christopher Daniels, to be honest with you. Okay. So I'm going to say no. Christopher Daniels is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. 
And uh, I would not be disappointed because I love him so much, and I'd love to see CD versus Mox. But no, I, I don't think so either. I don't. Uh, Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb is the guy that Chris Jericho, just in case for those of you that don't remember, Jeff Cobb is the guy that Chris Jericho brought in as an assassin to attack Mox, and Mox had to get that roll-up win just to beat him. Um, he is someone that could be brought in, could be could be under the tutelage of Taz and feud with Darby Allen after either winning this match or destroying everyone but being taken out by multiple people so he still looks strong. Um, or maybe he comes out and then he then he, he loses the match, then he goes into the tutelage of Taz. I think a lot of people predicted that, and I could I could definitely see that happening too. Uh, what do you think about that, Micah? Of the options so far, I think this is most likely. Uh, yeah. It's got a story built in already, and he's already been built as a monster in AEW. So, yeah, I would totally be okay with Jeff Cobb coming in and winning this. Even if he just came in and didn't get the win because – Maybe he got 2v1 or 3v1'd because he's such a monster. It would be 5v1. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> There's nine people, so it's entirely possible. Is that possible? Maybe people were focusing on Jeff Cobb, and that allows Orange Cassidy to climb the ladder. And... Seven. <laughs> 7v1. Is that yeah. possible? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> hmm. What do you think, Riley? Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think that's the best choice so far. Okay. So here's a name that I'm positive Riley knows, and I'm going to let her start. So there has been rumors that Ring of Honor and AEW are going to start working together. I don't want to see this with no fans, but we had Matt Hardy and Brody Lee both debut with no fans. What do you think about Marty Skrull being the uh, mystery opponent and him going off to face John Moxley? Dude, I did not even think about this. And so now she's going to be so, so disappointed when this doesn't happen. No, I'm sorry. It's that, it's not going to be him, but I, I just, I think there's a chance. It's kind of like whenever we went to go see this show on January 1st and I was so hoping that Marty's girl would be there. Yeah. Um, that would debut. And like, I was so disappointed that he wasn't, um, man, I would pop so hard if it was him, but I, I just don't think so. Um, it'd be awesome. And they've been taught, I mean, they've been publicly communicating with the Bucks and the elite, um, on Instagram and stuff. So I think it might could happen. That'd be really awesome, but I just don't see it happening. It would have to happen with fans. That would have yeah. to happen with fans. That's one of the biggest storylines leading into AEW forming. The fact that Marty didn't go with them. It would have to be in front of fans. It would be too big of a pop. I would... I would literally cry if I like, I'm, I'm a huge so. Matt Hardy fan, but I would pop so much harder for Marty Scroll showing up in AEW than I would for Matt yeah. Hardy just because of the story built into it. Right. He had history. Like, I guess Matt Hardy did too, but not as much not as history. Much. Like, Marty Scroll was a part of the elite, so. It was literally a group of friends and one didn't go. Yeah. Yeah. They did so, still. Yeah. <laughs> Marty Scroll has to show up during an elite feud of some sort if he's going to ever show up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I, while we're on Marty Scroll, I don't know if you're going to put this. Flip Gordon. Book Flip. <laughs> it's not Flip Gordon. Uh, it's also not Marty Scroll. I love him to death. Definitely not him. Um, here is a very interesting one that a lot of people have been saying. He just wrestled on Friday on WWE SmackDown, but his, his contract ran out and he has no non-compete clause. Yes. AEW, when they first came out, had this this stigma about them where it's just a bunch of flippy-dippy wrestlers. None of them really knew how to sell. There were no monsters. 
So what did they do? They brought in Wardlow. They brought in Lance Archer. They brought in Luchasaurus. You know what they don't have right now? Technically gifted wrestlers. They don't. You know who's one of the most technically gifted wrestlers in the world right now? Drew Gulak. I think mm-hmm. there is a legitimately strong chance that Drew Gulak goes from Orlando to Jacksonville in just eight days and is in this Casino Battle Royale. Micah. There's a very good chance. Uh, the only thing that makes me think there's a less of a chance is the fact that this literally happened like four days ago. Right. Do you think that's enough for Tony Khan to convince himself, hey, I'm going to put this guy in my pay-per-view. We've already got this all laid out. I mean, I know that he is a ridiculous genius genius of a guy. Yes, Drew Lack would be a perfect fit for AEW. Yes, he's got a lot of history with the best friends and, and Chuck Taylor and Orange Cassidy. Yep. I would love it. I would love it. So you talk about people coming in as mid-carters from WWE, right? You talk about people who have been dropped by WWE and so on and so forth. This guy wasn't really dropped with WWE. They just had a, a failed contract negotiation. Yep. I think if anybody goes to AEW, the one that would have less of a stigma would be Drew Gulak. Is like, hey, these people didn't believe in me, so I'm going here. Yeah. Uh, and he never really achieved enough recognition in WWE, I think, to be seen as a WWE guy. Yeah, he was Her- actually on the up curve. Yeah, he was definitely on the up curve. But he, I don't think he would be seen as a WWE guy, personally. No, not really. Um, but I think it's too soon. I think it's the, the timing is too close. So I'm going to say not Drew Gulak, but man, it would be great. It would be really Remember good. Remember when Lex Luger was on Raw and Nitro on the same night because Raw was pre-taped? Was it, was it Lex Luger? Yeah, Lex Luger was on Raw and Nitro on the very same night because Nitro was live. His contract ran out, so he was on WWE Raw or WWF Raw and WCW Nitro on the same evening. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Riley, mm-hmm. what do you think about Drew Gulak? I think that'd be really awesome because I really started liking him on WWE. Um, I I don't think of him as the WWE guy. I think of him as the Daniel Bryan guy, because, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> he challenged Daniel. If we Bryan. can't have Daniel Bryan, we'll have the next best thing. Yes. But- <laughs> But Discount yeah. Daniel Bryan. <laughs> not really though. Nothing against Drew. He's he's amazing. I'm not knocking him yeah, at all. He's really good, and I would be really excited about that. And I mean, you said it's too close, but I mean that would make it more of a surprise because people wouldn't expect it him wouldn't. to come. Um, right. So I I could see that. That'd be nice. But like, it's not like he can come as Drew Gulak though. Yes, he, he can. Up. He wrestled as Drew Gulak before he- WWE. Ooh, if he can come in as Drew Gulak, that's an entirely different precedent for me. Yeah, 100%. Because I thought they would have to establish another character. Mm, now, that makes Drew, is, Drew Gulak actually might be his real name. That's much sure. more likely in my opinion then. Yeah. Um, Drew Gulak real name is Drew Gulak. Yep. Okay. Um, and then, Vince of course. Vince his real name. <laughs> yeah. You might try. The, the final name that we're going to discuss is also a former WWE guy. And I, there's a lot of them. I mean, the, all these WWE guys, you know, I could have told you EC3, and I think that he has a legit chance, but a very small one. Uh, but I picked the three WWE guys that I thought had the best chance in Zack Ryder, Drew Gulak, and this man, who is by far the biggest star that was released by WWE. And this is someone that a lot of people, especially Kyle, out of us, have been clamoring for in All Elite Wrestling, and that's Rusev. 
And Rusev very well could be doing this because he's been resting. He's been at home. And he very well could be ready to move forward. Rusev is a big enough name to make someone recognize him, but not a big enough name to, you know, you have to have fans there, right? He's going to have the biggest pop ever. So I think Rusev, especially if he comes in as a heel, would 100% do this. And I think if they're going to debut him as a heel, he needs to do it with no fans because he will he will definitely get a big pop. But we'll see. I don't think the 60 days are up for him. I, I honestly don't know. I don't think the 60 days are up for him. I think it's like June 13th or something before the, the that batch of releases can, can come to AEW. Mm. I'm just saying, like, it won't be a big pop for me because I don't really know him. Her entire uh, Rusev memory is Rusev and Lana, so. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I saw Rusev at WrestleMania, that Rusev Day thing. That was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see Rusev in AEW. I don't think I don't think his contract's up though. I don't think he can. Uh, if he does, I'll be surprised. Are we not going to talk about the one I've been hearing clamor about in my day to day life? Like, hey, are you going to watch the pay per view Saturday? I hear such and such is going to show up. If it's CM Punk, no, 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 not CM no, Punk. Are you serious right now? Do you not know who we're talking about? Sting. No. Oh no, it's not Sting. Come on. <laughs> no. Okay, so there's. I don't think Sting should wrestle, but I've heard from like five people like. Hey man, don't be surprised if you see Sting. It's like, what? Where have you heard this? Like, I know he's released or whatever, but I Is think he's like, I think Sting's coming in AEW. I don't think he's coming in this match. Yeah, but I would freak out. Like, he would be a terrible wrestler in this match. He's like sixty-two years old, but it would be great. I would love it. Sting, Sting is my childhood hero, and for a long time was my absolute favorite. Um, he's still up there as one of my favorites, just because of first of all, he's incredibly talented in everything he does, and he uh, he was literally my childhood hero. I love Sting and everything about him. I can't. I don't think anyone other than potentially AJ Styles could walk through that curtain and make me pop as hard as it would be for Sting. But there's no way. And, and I love the guy. Again, childhood hero. He does not need to be in the ladder match. So, no. I, I do think he'll show up in AEW. I'm not sure he'll ever be a full-time performer. I definitely think he'll be there and at some point, in some capacity. Uh, he has too much he you know he's, i think he was cody's favorite wrestler as well he wrestled for tnt for too long not to show up but no I, there's no way it's sting uh i want sting as darby allen's manager or in darby <laughs> allen's stable at least of some sort uh, i don't need another wrestler manager you know we've already got two of those and if Tad a manager one, but i would be okay with darby allen like forming some sort of stable and sting being a part of it i think darby allen needs to be by himself all the time yeah, I agree. I don't want anybody with Darby. I want him, by, I want him on his own. I, I like Sting and Darby together. So. If he but. is going to be with anybody, <laughs> it's going to change his character. His character if Darby gets with Sting and starts wearing like the black and white face paint, that will be the best and absolute worst thing no, that could no, ever happen to him. You're looking at it all wrong. Not the no, black and white. The neon green and like blue. <laughs> yes! I would super Surfer. pop for that. Surfer. Darby's got like the blonde hair. The blonde spiky hair. You gotta look at this. Darby's coming down the ramp in a skateboard. Sting's <laughs> coming down the ramp on a surfboard. It writes itself. That's too perfect. That's too perfect. So let's do actual predictions. Riley, who do you... No, not, no you all let you go last. Micah. I almost freaked out for a second. I was like, I know he's about to ask me first. Micah, who do you think is the actual person that's going to be debuting in this match? I think of the options, Jeff Cobb is the no, most likely. No, you can you can pick anybody you want. You don't, I don't have to be of those. 
man, the one guy I want Sting. I want Sting so bad. I do. I want it so bad, but it's not going to happen. Uh, and if it does, cool. Uh, but I really do think Jeff Cobb is the most likely. I hadn't even thought of him before you brought him up, but you've got to look at it this way. Tony Khan is a long-term booker, right? Jeff Cobb's still not signed anywhere as far as I am aware, right? Yeah. He could have been writing it out for his rightful place in the story. And it just so happens that now Moxley needs another interim guy. And Jeff Cobb could be that. You've also been building this story with Darby and Taz a little bit. You could have a Jeff Cobb versus Darby feud. I can, I can see that. I think Jeff Cobb is probably the, the most likely now that you mention it. I think that's a, a really good chance of that. Okay. I will go and give Riley some more time. Uh, and I will tell you that I predict mystery competitor as the winner of the casino ladder match. And I told you that I think the guy that is the mission competitor, mystery competitor has no chance of winning. And that man is Drew Gulak. I think that having him on SmackDown and then showing up to the AEW pay-per-view the very next week is absolutely insane. And I would, I would, I would pop so big for it. It's just one of those things where when it's, you can only happen when you have two big wrestling competitors raw and smackdown you have a guy you know oh no he's been on raw now he's on smackdown who cares it's the same company is it cool yeah it's kind of cool it's not that big of a deal someone actually hopping to a different company is a big deal and drew gulak is someone that they obviously cared about uh they just didn't want to give him a raise and he believes he deserves a raise he probably did because to my knowledge he was still getting paid his 205 live uh uh payments which is not that's not much so I I can 100% see him. I really think it's going to be Drew Gulak. It would be right. the first real Monday Night Wars feeling thing, I think, that right. between AEW and WWE. And it, 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 could, it could spark something. I don't know. You're yeah. right. Well, Mox coming was kind of Monday Night Wars kind of, kind of deal, but he was leaving out of the way. So. Yeah, but he was there from the beginning, though. Yeah. This is like, this established they've been here a year. Uh, it, yeah, Mox coming, but still. I think this would be more akin to uh, Nash showing up or something like that, you know? Yeah, I get it. Riley, what you think? Uh, we're at two hours. We're almost two hours here. You got to give me an answer. Um. Okay. I I think I'm gonna go like just because of preference, and these were the two faves that I had. So Jeff Cobb or Drew Gulak. I'm gonna go with Drew Gulak just because I would rather see him. Okay. Um, okay. And honestly, I was trying to think of somebody else that you didn't list, but I could not think of anybody. The only person I kept thinking about was Brandy Rhodes, and that's never going to happen. No. I was just trying to think of like Brandy Rhodes. I was just trying to think of like a female or something. I think that would be pretty funny. I would but... turn off the TV if Brandy Rhodes showed up <laughs> on the casino ladder match. <laughs> no, like she would have to like automatically get pushed out of the ring or something. And like... We were also, well, that's not possible either. Never mind. I was going to say Pentagon, but he's stuck in Mexico. Yeah, I'd love me some Pentagon Jr., but it's not going to be him. Uh, in closing, is there any chance the Revival shows up? Uh, no. There's no room for them. I don't see where they can interject themselves. And plus, they are still looking around. They're they're kind of playing ar- around with every company, I think. I yeah, they're lying. There's no story. There's no storyline for them to interject yourself yeah. into. Um, they're on toast, Micah. They are I, on toast. Yeah, they're they're in BTE with the FTR thing, but there's no storyline for them to and interject yourself in, in because you've got to finish the Hangman Kenny thing before you interject the Revival in because Revival are going to be against the Young Bucks. 
Well, the revival could just come help the inner circle. Yeah, but then who who helps the elite? Who do you add to the elite? I don't know. It, it would be. It could just be a whole different tag team. It though. would be messy. It would be messy. I don't in my see opinion. them like teaming up with anybody else. I just see them yeah. and as. I agree. Revolt and then just being their own. Separate they're not coming thing. in as revolt. They can't use that name. They've been sued. Already. Yeah, they're coming in as like what? hashtag FTR or something. FTR yeah. would be their name. They got sued over yep. the revolt name. There's a Ladies report. and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out with us in this two-hour-long episode. Sorry it lasted so long, but honestly, we really enjoyed ourselves, and we I'm hope you sorry. enjoyed yourself, too. If you didn't like it, don't <laughs> listen to it. And if you didn't like it, you're not listening right now, so get over it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to edit that out. That is uh, Micah Sin. You can send all your hate mail to him. At WrestleLifeHeel. At- <laughs> Poor Chris. Ladies and gentlemen, you can follow us all at Wrestle Life Radio on Instagram and Twitter and at Wrestle Life, po- I'm sorry, Instagram and Facebook and Wrestle Life Pod on Twitter. You can follow me at Wrestle Life Matt on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow Riley at. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Rybugsen or don't follow me. I don't need your pity follows. Hashtag cameo. <laughs> Big E. Yep, 100%. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We hope you enjoy Double or Nothing. The four of us are actually going to be getting together to watch the show, which is really cool. Uh, we've never watched a AEW pay-per-view together, so we will. all four of us will be reviewing AEW Double or Nothing. That's me, Micah, Cot, me, Micah Riley, and B-Dubs, my beautiful wife, Carol. So we will have that for you on... Uh, Sunday or Monday. Um, we are not really sure of the day yet. I apologize, but we will definitely have it for you soon. And we hope you all have an absolutely wonderful weekend. Yes.